Welcome to the Mortal Realms, an Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your ally through the storm vaults this episode are... Uh, my name is Paul, and there's a little known fact. Did you know that Spider Fang can only become a war boss if they're bitten by a bunch of spiders? That's why they call that the four-bitten power. Mm, I'm Aaron, and uh, I've been told I remind people of the babe with the power. And this is Eric. <laughs> and Nagash must be Dwarden, because on Sigmar he'd be grudging. In this episode, we cover the lore of Forbidden Power, GW's latest advancement of the story of the Soul Wars. The Storm Vaults have been thrown wide open, and the Mortal Realms are hosting their very own version of Storage Wars. Let's see what they find. <laughs> Paul liked oh, it. Oh, man, that was great. That is, like, so on point. I'm impressed. How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Much better after I got that. You I'm know, still I, enjoying that. Like that that's super good. Have you ever watched Storage Wars? I, I have. Yeah. It's I totally don't admit what's it happening. to anyone. No. <laughs> Oddly enough, I have not actually. I just oh. know the, I just know the concept. Really? Yeah. Nice. So you just you just, you put this in here to out Paul. Yeah, basically. And mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, I don't care. Anybody can know I like storage wars. Yeah, I go yeah. to garage and now sales they, and or now everyone boot sales knows. as they call them. Paul, when I drive to your house, I drive by those storage units. Yeah. Um I always think about that. Yeah. So how are you doing today? Unless Eric? there's a storm bolt. I'm doing pretty good. It's a busy start of the summer. Yeah. Um, we've got, uh, the weather's not been terribly warm, no. but been out in the, the pool some, been uh, not my personal pool, the, the neighborhood pool. Must be nice. Nope. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a, uh, a pool rat when I was a kid, so mm. it's nice having kids and having an excuse to go. Because when you don't have kids, you don't get to go to the pool, really. So you're saying you were a skaven? Pool rat. Got it. Man, I mean, I was a little on the nose, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> a little on the snout. Yeah. I feel like I'm but, grabbing you by the tail here. Um, otherwise, though, I'm working on terrain for Warcry because I'm excited for whatever that could be. Sure. Um, and otherwise, I'm not really building much or painting much these days. Just busy. Just mm. busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. How about you, Aaron? Uh, I moved on from my corn and I've started the Gloom Spite stuff from Loon Curse. Look at the soul. Uh, loon boss sitting in my case with nothing around there's it. a something like a detal case in front of us and uh on the top shelf uh in that like one and a half foot by one and a half foot space is painting a picture is a single model a loon boss yep yep which is a pretty fantastic it's model it is really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. no can, i really like it can i congratulate you on building a spider uh on building a spider oh yeah there's one well, no, i mean i got that guy but um the, the scuttlings are kind of like not scuttlings what are they called growlings yeah. um, no they're, they're kind of yeah. spider-esque also look behind you is the the spider tide thing their their spell so that kind of oh, counts yeah. as like so all spiders all the time i'm mr i mean people call me mr spider so everybody knows how much <laughs> i love spiders i've actually built zero spiders what Ever? i mean if you if you I build mean, if you build a certain number of them you summon paul <laughs> <laughs> you did Anyways. paint uh, I did paint. Yeah, no, I painted one of the corn dudes with the contrast paints. And, man, I am in love. Um, Super good. Yeah, so there goes my one model for the year. Nice. Uh, I'll see you I again. win. I'll see I you win a dollar. I'll see you again next Wait year. Wait a minute. Does it paints? If he does two, do you lose? No, no, no. I, I just multiplies. Oh, I only okay. said one, so I get a dollar <laughs> for each model that he paints. Double Keep win. Painting, sure. uh, no, actually, in fact, I already... Well, no, I, I was about to put them away. I'm like, all right, cool. That was a fun experiment, and I will wash my hands of this. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, I mean... I mean, we've seen lots of a uh, few people posting stuff, and everyone's experimenting. Um, and I was I was glad to see that it, it looked great. Um, and the really too like the leather that you were able to achieve was that snake bite. 
Uh, no, it was the dryad bark, the wildwood one. Wild dryad, okay. dryad bark is that, the old. That's one. like the type of leather I'm usually trying to paint. So oh, nice. that, that did a that did a good job. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, maybe I'll crack into it again. I don't know. I'm not making any promises. No, this you don't guy. owe anybody anything. Well, uh, don't tell uh, the bank and my student loan people that. Um, <laughs> Paul, what have you been up to? Tell me about your life. I have been painting Stormcast Ooh. for my son. So I, uh, when I get new paints, I try and paint an army in order to understand how they work. Sure. So that's what I'm going through right now at the Stormcast. So it is an interesting experiment for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's making me rethink the way that I'm painting. I mean, here's the question, though. How is he ever going to appreciate your ar- that army if you paint it for him? Well, I'm going to appreciate it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's already painted an army's worth of miniatures, but they're all just goblins. So Yeah. Yeah. But just goblins from you. That's absurd. I, I started There's no spiders. Fair. I started my kids on Skaven. It's, no, no. Gr- you started um, on Noblars. Noblars. That's it. That's Noblars. Even even worse than Do grots. they still paint? Um, I haven't, I haven't gotten stuff out in a while, mm-hmm. so without me doing it, they're not doing it. So. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like we've been super productive. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Paul more than everybody, but. Well, that kind of happens sometimes. I yeah. just get Wait. fixated on an idea. Loon boss, giant squid, right there. I'm sorry, we can, it's right in front of us, and <laughs> I'm sorry for not acknowledging it to the extent that it deserves. It's staring you down. Um, but one of the fun <laughs> things is the Stormcast army that I have is kind of a conglomeration of stuff that I have bought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to theme it around a storm vault. So, um, that's what we're talking about today, but I'm going to have a Vanguard wing to go out and search for the artifacts that have been taken. Mm. And I'm going to have a sacrosanct wing that's going to defend the vault itself. So I think that's going to be where the narrative of the army shows up. Yeah. Cool. Do you guys want to talk about Forbidden Power? The new, uh... Wait a minute. I love talking about Spider-Fang, of course. Can we? Uh, Yeah, this is a safe place. You have my permission. Also, I do think there's a penumbral engine um, at my house, because there's, I mean, there's some of this that I think I read, but I'm not sure if I remember it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, I recommend writing notes Uh, about it after you read it, because... Excuses, excuses. That helps me remember all sorts of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, um, cool. So let's talk about what this is. Uh, this Forbidden Power is an expansion, would we call it? Um, yes. Yeah, uh, I like that. That's a good good thought. Just an advancement? Bottom. Sure, an, an expanded advancement. I think it's a, a lot of things. A chapter? Sure. A new chapter? All the above. Um, a I mean, campaign, in a sense, too. It, it does specifically say a Warhammer Age of Sigmar expansion. Yeah, but I don't let them define me. <laughs> um, I'm my own, dude. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Um, it Basically, it's... it's <laughs> gonna say it's not hot on the heels but it's the 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 next phase the next step the next chapter after uh soul wars which came out about a year ago at this point give or take right it was like june um which you know that came along with aos 2.0 and um it was a big that, that came with a big story uh element a story campaign um a story component um which was pretty big and exciting um as well as uh the 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 winds or the magic um, malign sorcery sure sure endless um, spells yep. endless spells exactly and such. so let's let's maybe real quick recap what what happened then because without knowing that this this whole thing probably wouldn't make uh, much sense uh, uh, three steps hit me I'm gonna do it I can name that uh, history in three I steps. can do it in two steps Son of a... no I can't go ahead and do it three right. steps <laughs> uh, Nagash long time plan necroquake uh, his plans get disrupted, and it sends a, a quake of necromatic energy throughout the realms. Unleashes magic 
in such a way that uh, certainly the dead rise, but also um, sentient magic. Uh, Malign sorcery, you uh, might say. Starts uh, kind of pacing or just going all crazy around the world, uh, around the realms. And lastly, as it brings us here, um, a lot of um, magic that existed to hide things, to cover things, to work in a certain way um, was disrupted or destroyed. So we, um, in the Heed Knights of Slanesh, um, in the book about, you know, where Slanesh is captured in our last episode, we talk about how the Necrowake busted a few of Slanesh's chains. Um, in this, we're seeing another result um, where the magical lore of the penumbral engines. Done it in three. Yeah. If we were to expand upon that, uh, so... So you're saying you can do it in four? Or 17, which is usually my forte. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. But, but it's Paul's magic number. When the Necrocake hit, right, we had all these undead things show up. All these spirits were released. That was the first thing, right? Second thing is Eric's we have these right endless spells that start showing up and, like, consuming everything. Yeah, I already got that one. But the third thing that happened is the laws of magic changed. Right, it's not like oh, this spell doesn't work quite right. It's that everything has shifted, so we don't actually know how the laws of magic are working right now. Hmm. So this is a true. side effect of that is that we have these things called enlightenment engines that were designed by Teclas, that were changed into something called a penumbral engine, and those now no longer function. Sure, let's talk about that. Let's 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 do that due diligence. So. Um, Great, great recaps on Soul Wars and uh, three. Necro- I didn't do it too. No, I said I was going to do it too. And the Necroquake, um, predating even that, mm-hmm. um, back in the day, Age of Myth, the good old days, the Golden Age. Um, Sigmar was uh, traipsing across the moral realms, doing what he did, basically trying to <laughs> pave the way for civilization. I, th- I, I think that was great radio. I, I love that he was skipping through the realms. I was traipsing. I, I definitely things. got traipsing. I, I imagine at some points he was like smashing mailboxes. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, like taking his big hammer, taking Gollum Ross, and be like, "Screw you, postal kind of, or service." Or like you know, like kids walking through the forest, and kicking giant mushrooms and breaking sticks on trees. And... Yeah, but for him it was like he was smacking like god beasts in the That's, face and that is stuff, true. Right? And and like subjugating. Uh, mm-hmm. Doing wild a bunch animals. of <laughs> and guttural growls sure. and being all like so Paul Bunyan. They, they didn't have mirrors, so he did it like in his reflection of, in like a lake or something like right. that. He was just flexing at himself. So we're talking about the Grand Alliance here. We're talking about when all eight gods were basically on the Uh, same page. We were talking before that even, I think. Uh, I mean, though I could have been around the same time or, you know, before, during and after, uh, essentially, where he was doing, he was doing work cleaning up um, the mortal realms back in the Age of Myth. And so he found as he was either working with his yeah. pantheon or not, but that like he he just oh gosh oh shucks I keep stumbling upon all these like mighty uh, yeah. artifacts and things like mm-hmm. they just keep showering down uh, yeah. upon me. What am I supposed to do with these things? Well, I mean the, to the point of like yeah when again Age of Sigmar came out it was like a uh, Dracothian woke him up and showed him the realms. Mm-hmm. To me this is you know this is that that yeah that uh, episode mm-hmm. the 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 flashback to well what did show me the realms really mean oh i meant run around like beating up monsters yeah exactly went around uh, you know like smashing um, big grubs yeah. and you know like mm-hmm. crashing mountains and and stealing their loot yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a very visceral the realms were not empty right no there was a thing here he found it he started turning it into what we understand to be the age of sigmar but there was 
all kinds of other beings, yep. other gods, other races that existed before that. And he basically came in and was like, dudes, let's have peace. And if they weren't like peace, he'd like, all right, I'm going to smash you with my hammer. <laughs> the idea and, the idea of like, um, again, the, the mythos of, you know, Sigmar created the realms in his image. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very much he destroyed the realms in to his fit image. his image. Yeah. Right? And then he gave everyone a beard. Yeah, probably. That's a campaign promise I could believe in. Right across from me right now, Sigmar, is that you? (laughs) Open another chamber. (laughs) (laughs) Hell, I can't. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, So, yeah, uh, although he's he's running around beating up monsters, he does find on occasion that there are some powers that he's not even, not not that he's maybe not able to beat, but Mm -hmm. it's better that he locked them away. So that's also the sort of thing that, like, he's he's trying to hide away. He's got this problem. He's got stuff he's trying to hide from the realms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. how does he go about doing that? So um, around this time, when the Pantheon is is I think it exists or you know in its early days, um, Teclas rolls up with a gift uh, mm-hmm. to to Simgar. Did he explain why? Like why was he giving him this present? So he was trying to elevate the civilization of Sigmar to a higher level, mm. and so he gave him what are called enlightenment engines, okay. and so they are simply engines that would be mounted within his great cities that would allow for more expansive thought, more understanding for the people that were within. Sure. Right. So it was this gift to say, hey, we're on the same page. I'm going to try and bring up your people closer to my level, right? Like, Ouch. Like, right? that's, that's a real... It was actually, you know, burn. it's a bit of a backhanded yeah. thing. Well, it's, and very, like, it's very elvish. Yeah. Uh, that idea of like, I'm going to do this nice thing for you by giving you words to use can yep. you speak the language mm-hmm. you know well um, and he gave him the sigmar he didn't give him to gorka right he didn't give him the gash like this is actually a salient point of the history is that these were specifically given to sigmar they weren't given to Dwarden. they weren't given to anybody else so Texas, you burning everybody good job he's it's a little bit like there's a little <laughs> it's an interesting back and forth here and uh, we'll give it to these guys because they have a, a nominal chance of learning, yeah. unlike the rest of you. Yeah, you Dwarden, you can't learn anything. <laughs> He's not real good at making friends, is no. he? No. <laughs> uh, but so what we're creating here is we're creating a reason for the Grand Alliance to exist, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of one big enemy, we have millions of small enemies. And the vast majority of them can be wiped out, destroyed, overrun, right? Consolidated. But there are these enemies that can't. So Well, well and, and some of them, I mean, even... Uh, you know, enemies. Some of it is just like the realms being the realms are yep. uninhabitable even to gods to some extent. Um, certainly not to the mortals that they are hoping to kind of thrive in these places. The mm-hmm. you know, magic itself has form and shape, and is, it might be a storm, might be a um, a monster, it might be a. To say, it often has teeth. Yeah. Often has teeth, and <laughs> so often it's, has tentacles. It's, they, I mean, all their plans are to propagate their civilizations to, to one way or another mm-hmm. and the the realms just don't I mean I'd say Gur probably is the way we it's described as being very feral and very like mountains trying to eat each other mm-hmm. maybe a lot like what the other realms were mm-hmm. but Gork Morker was like no I like this yeah. <laughs> don't, don't you touch it <laughs> you leave it be. that's my mountain that yeah. eats things yeah. well, and from a, if we were to compare this historically to an actual history history uh this is colonization right we have these wild lands we have these wild civilizations this doesn't fit my understanding of what it means to be a civilization so he starts taking these things that are either super powerful and useful 
even though it's not necessarily a thing that's useful now, or something that is too much to be left within the realms, right? So the creation happens of these things called storm vaults. So they are either depositories or they are jails. Mm. Um, now, these jails are for things that cannot be killed, right? So one of the ones that's illustrated is called the Bitter Blood Caverns. I only illustrate. I only talk about this one because it's a super easy understanding, right? Of these huge worms that go about eating flesh, and just super gross, super gross, super big, Unless. super powerful. And when Sigmar smashes them with his hammer, every time he smashes it, it turns into a thousand more, and they're smaller. But it's this overwhelming thing where he can't defeat it by means that he understands. So he takes that entity and binds it within this spectral you know arcane prison as it were and now in order for the arcane prisons to work they need a soul to power these arcane prisons and this is a pattern that has been developed now when we get into the prehistory of what's going on here is there are things that are kept and there are beings that are kept some of them are for their will given right so a really good example is in the old world we had this arcane hurricane that was siphoning off the magical energy right those were people who gave of themselves in order to protect the world right and then the other example we have is those who are chained against their will right so this so, is a so uh, duty uh you know duty to, to sigmar and the pantheon yep uh versus you said, uh you said duty just <laughs> for you buddy uh, um, or somebody who's enslaved uh, something that is enslaved for its power to do something similar mm-hmm. and that animus that soul essence uh, allows these to function now the really idiotic whatever point is that sigmar is doing this alone he's not enlisting the other gods in order to make this happen he's just like these things are pretty cool I don't know if I'm going to necessarily trust all you later, but I want to keep them. So he makes these storm vaults. Sure. Well, but isn't it at this point where he does work with a a notable other god to help hide these storm vaults away? Once he realizes this is going to be a problem, Mm -hmm. right? Like he's like, oh, crap. This is like, I want to keep these things. So he takes Teclas's gift of the Enlightenment engine and he gives it to Grungy. And Grungy is like, screw techless absolutely i'd be happy to do that and he perverts the magic that's in the enlightenment engine so instead of creating and engendering understanding and knowledge it creates this fog this just obfuscation of obfuscation thank you yeah perfect Uh, so he perverts it to be pretty much the opposite of what it was and he starts planting these penumbral engines as they're now called around the storm vaults to keep them hidden Mm. so in very layman's terms, you just walk there and you're like, eh, that's a creepy place. I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. That's basically what happens. Well, it's, and that's an interesting, um, I love this, this story of, you know, Teclas giving something that has a power and, and it says that Teclas doesn't even necessarily know the length and, and breadth of it. Um, and, and Grugni is able to reverse engineer it, break it down and change mm-hmm. its purpose. And, you know, there's some certainly some vanity plating. Uh, mm-hmm. He he instead of casting it in the um, the metal of yep. of Hayish, um, he casts it in Azerite. 
yeah. um, and uh, kind of makes it in the in the image of Sigmar. You know, Sigmar's like, eh, well, can you detail? Can you have it say my name on sure. there? One yeah. time? <laughs> say my name. Say my name. It's <laughs> a dollar. Oh, um, and then, um, so he does that, and then yeah, the the power of it is is that almost felt um, more probably something like Ulgu. Like I imagine the power of 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 Ulgu would have a, uh, that ability to take, whereas you know Hish's knowledge and sure. revelation, and revelation, whereas you know that. Um, but yeah, it um, and it even talks about the power of of those machines mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, sometimes it would, it just it, it plays a trick on whatever sentience is there, like near it, mm-hmm. to either you know visually mask it. Uh, to make it to where even Sigmar, um, in the Age of Chaos, uh, having to leave into um, Azir, mm-hmm. um, over time even forgot about these engines. And that, yeah. that it well, would, could go so far as to erase words about yeah. it. Well, and that's how powerful these engines are, right? Even perverted against their own means. They are powerful enough to erase their mention from existence, mm. where Sigmar is literally struggling to hold on to like four or five that he's like, these are super important. I need to remember what these are. And he's just like, I can't do it. Uh, one of the really interesting footnotes here is that it doesn't explicitly say, but I think it kind of mentions that like Teclas might have left the Pantheon because of this. Don't know, but like maybe this is a thing, right? But one of my favorite parts is that Grungy's like, I'm going to mess with these engines. And it's like, Tekos is going to find out for a thousand years. Awesome. I'm going to know for a thousand years something he doesn't about his stuff, and this is going to be great. Yeah. Right? Like, it's such a Dwarden thing to do. It'll be like, I'm going to hold this secret for a thousand years just because it's going to piss you off, and it's going to be great to watch your face when you figure it out. What's the what's the term we're going to use? Um, Elgi? Yeah, Elgi. Yep, Elgi that's magic. That's old yeah. world. Yep, that's a um, standard. And, and he knows this is an interesting dynamic. It, you know, he's um, talking to Sigmar. Mm-hmm. And he calls Sigmar boy, <laughs> right? There's yep. this idea that Sigmar's a young lad, well, um, and then, um, but that he knows he also has. Grugni's like knows he's that Teclas is gonna find out. Like he's not. There's no part of him. Like Sigmar's like just we can't tell anybody else. And Grugni's like, I know Teclas is gonna find out. Like you yeah. can't hide anything from Teclas, but it might take a little while, and he'll know it's me. Yeah. Uh, and and we do get. And I hope he does. Yeah. And yeah. and and, and uh, we do get. Um, yeah, we do get a little bit of, of that commentary mm-hmm. also that, you know, Teclas, he sees it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Tyrion, can you believe they did this? And I'm like, this is, this is not something we can forget. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, we got we got other stuff to do, but no, we're not going to forget it. Yeah. Uh, so there's certainly, yeah, this is a setup. I think that there's other things going on in the Pantheon. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's not a complete trust. Sigmar's, no. Sigmar is a holier-than-thou archetype. And mm-hmm. so thinks he knows better or is the strongest or whatever. And so takes it upon himself to like be the judge and jury of these items and to know where they are and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, well, uh, like a squirrel, uh, forgetting where it's nuts <laughs> are in the middle of winter. You know? well, Squ- squirrel Mar. Yeah. I've got a contrasting viewpoint and this might just be me, right? Yeah. Uh, I see Sigmar just you. <laughs> as very much a fatalist, right? He's like, this is too good to last. Right, I need to hoard these things away for when I'm not going to be the one joining with the other gods to be able to do this. Right, like there is going to be something that's coming that will threaten all of us, and it's not that he sees this and says these are so good I can't share it with anybody. 
I think he sees it and says, where it's going to come a point when I can't rely on anybody else. And this is something I can rely on. These are powerful artifacts. These are powerful beings that can help me try and pull it back when nobody else will be with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'd agree. I mean, I think it's, it's things like, well, I can't let, I can't let chaos or Mm -hmm. orcs get a hold of this or mortals get a hold of this. Cause, um, I mean, some of the stuff can kill gods. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they talked about one of them. That's a hammer, right? Or is it, is it a skull? That can level mountains. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was like a battering ram or something that like Blood Drake like, got his hands on. Like this is sweet. Yeah. I, I ain't gonna let this layer out, right? Because <laughs> is... mountains are cool. There won't be any mountains. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. If Gorko Merka got a hold of that, it'd be like, Gur, you moved, Poof. right? Like nope. yeah. So, um, but so it, I mean, it's it just it does give us um, a better sense or another angle around the pantheon, how mm-hmm. they treated each other, how they felt about each other, what mm-hmm. the internal dynamics are. The stuff they carried over from the old world, mm-hmm. the new ways that it, it mattered, yeah, why yeah. they were disputing, or or yeah. you know what role they play. Well, it um, also talks about how much power that Sigmar had as the head of the pantheon, right? Because these storm vaults aren't just in random places; they're everywhere. Yeah. They're in every realm. They're buried underneath all these places of power, buried in the middle of nowhere. Like they literally are everywhere. So his power must have been immense to make these hidden sashes in every corner of the realms. Some of them are super tiny, right? Some of them are like, oh, this is a safe. There's a cool thing. Here, you have one thing, and you're going to protect that, and that's going to be great. And then some of them are like millions of things. And uh, like, if we're going to talk about the Cloister of Ashes, right, that's a really good example um, of just how huge some of these storm vaults are. Back off. Well, and I'm, I'm, I'm introducing it so you can talk about well, it. Take your claim. So I think another thing I'll say is the reason, I mean, the way they depict Sigmar, the reason why he's in charge is because nobody else really cares that much. Like Teclis and Tyrion, they Wait have... Wait a sec, is that why I'm in charge? Go, <laughs> he's figured it out. We gotta leave. This is why you think you're in charge. Yeah. No. <laughs> is this Pantheon falling this apart? Is ba- it's because of your conversion skills, yeah. obviously. Um, because you know Tyrion and Teclis are distracted with their grudge, right? With with the 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 fate of Elven souls, right? In in the realms, mm-hmm. they're they're more focused on the the soul itself and and that loss in in, in Slanesh. Alariel, yeah. I mean, she cares about a realm, and uh, you know, and to some extent, gets lost in it. You know, it's just. Um, the the being in the realm is enough for her kind of uh, thing. The um, Gorkamork again, he's not sh- like structure, organization, purpose. Those are not his greatest concerns. Sigmar is. Well, he a, just wants to fight. Exactly what right, I mean. and yep. he's got great. Like he's doing great. He's yeah. like, this is amazing. I get to fight Gobbies. And, and and Sigmar Sigmar wants to make things. Sigmar wants to order things. He wants to build things. He wants civilization. He wants more of that. Mm-hmm. And so when you've got somebody who's like, hey, I've got an idea for what this could be and nobody else cares. Um, and even Grugni's kind of like, hmm? Sure. What, give, I, me yeah. a, give me a give me, job. Yeah, yeah. Give, me a, give me something yeah. to do. Give me something to create. Like he's, um, so, I mean, Sigmar is that, that guy who's like, hey, I've got a vision. Nobody else has mm-hmm. a vision. And with, with in a vacuum, the person with the vision and mm-hmm. the power to do it is going to do it. Well, and he also is very much the embodiment of mortals, right? Mortal humans. Short lifetime, fixed goals. We're going to do this, right? The elves are like, we're going to figure this out. It'll take us a while. 
yeah. we'll figure it out, right? No rush. The Dwarden are like, meh, whatever, we're going to be here. Spoken just like a Dwarden. Right? Meh. meh. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. And, and Gorkamark is like, we're going to fight stuff. It's stuff is going to be there to fight. And the Gash is like, things are going to die. Things are always going to die. I'm always going to have stuff to do. And Alariel's like, things are going to grow. This is great. I got things, right? Like, this is all doing great. And everybody has their own idea of what the world is going to happen. But as in previous incarnations, it's the humans that are driving it forward, right? It's the, it's the you know, element that we are supposed to understand as ourselves. These avatars of our understanding of how the world works that are really driving this story forward. Mm-hmm. Speaking of driving the story forward... But don't. Let's uh, talk about some other stuff. Paul, Paul mentioned one of the, the vaults that were yeah. interesting. Um, there was another the Ashen Cloister or the Cloister of Ashes, yeah. As we talked about, uh, storm vaults can take many shapes and sizes. So, I mean, it's like, you know, um, some of them are uh, as small as in, you know, an Azerite, Azerite homestead or like, uh, you know, uh, your personal house, right? Some of them are as large as cities, or you know, span uh, the the um, as as big as you could think of something being in the Age of Sigmar. There are storm bolts that big, and so the the Ashen Cloister is um, underneath and is underneath Hammerhall, actually. Um, and it's it's interesting that like there's a number of times where. Uh, it might seem coincidental, like oh, some of these are underneath, like f- places that we already know. Yeah. But even though I imagine that there's like some something, some reason they were built there, right? These vaults were built there, and then if Sigmar didn't remember that, that's exactly where there were, like th- some part of his mind that was like, I got it. Why am I trying? We need to build there, right? Uh, and they build cities on top of them, and then armies to guard them. Well, all that kind you're of exactly stuff. right. Like uh, he didn't put the vaults where the cities were. He put the cities where the vaults were. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, under uh, underneath Hammerhall, actually, but there's also one under Hammerhall uh, Gyra. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one under actually, I mean, this is what I love about the Storm Vault concept is is that it just can be anything, right? That's the th- thing we love the most about um, Age of Sigmar. That can be anything. So here's some could of the things. Could it be a, a basement office slash recording studio? Oh, it could, and it, it could be, it could be a filing cabinet room, <laughs> or a room of models. What? You know that were used to 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 plot out wars we're in, the great, for, in the age of. We're war. looking for a name of the studio. Uh, the storm the vault. Storm, the storm vault. Okay, dubbed. This place is dubbed uh, the. The little storm vault. The little, storm vault. <laughs> the, the little free storm vault. The little storm vault. <laughs> for, live from Storm Vault Studios. Um, so here's a couple of the things. Uh, here is uh, the blade of fulmination. Uh, Sigmar smote the king of ashes, um, but his sword was remaining. So it's sitting here in kind of a King Arthur real ash uh, hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't have to bleep that. Uh, there's a there's a type of hydra um, trapped in here. There's a um, ember serpent, which is uh, just kind of made of magic uh, that's hidden here. There's a um, lake, um, kind of you think of like where you've got canals. the canals and all that kind of stuff. And and but the the bottom of that thing is so deep, it's it's the abyss. It goes into the void or something. And mm-hmm. uh, the creatures underneath there are so so mass and crazy. One of the cool things there too, and and to the point uh, Paul was making. Uh, in terms of uh, willing servants to these, um, the four princes of Ashkarada, uh, the greatest of the Gonkigs, God Kings, fire sages, in death they serve him still and shall forevermore. And so there's 
there's this uh, afterlife for these mages where they're in this uh, ashen cloister to kind of help protect and guard and probably power uh, the penumbral engine here. So, mm-hmm. um, and this one, I mean, it spans, um, you know, Aksha has, uh, or Hammerhall Aksha has the city and underneath that it has all of the, um, uh, they're not um, aqueducts, they're lava ducts basically. Mm-hmm. And so even below that, uh, is where the this um, storm vault is, and it spans the entire city. It, you know, um, and it, yeah. So just layer on layer on layer of mystery, and like you could put, you could, <laughs> you could do so much if you you're, just. You're were thinking RPGs, high. aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. Of, I can see the you know, look. You got the RPG. Well, look and, in and your we face. know that Age of Sigmar RPG is set starts in Hammerhall, doesn't it? Um, is that one of their first places? Maybe, I think or at least in actually. I think they're on the Flamescar plant. Uh, maybe okay. I can't remember. No, or the Parch. Where's that? The Great Parch. That's that's in a different area. It's okay. not Hammerhall. But I feel like Hammerhall was mentioned as places. one of the first. I'm sure cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's just so much um, that you can get out of that. So yeah. that's that's one of the larger Stormvart So in layman's terms, right? We have dungeons in Age of Sigmar now. Right, like that's really what we're talking about. And we always we have these dragons. huge monsters. We have these huge treasures. Like yep. we have these underground things, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not always underground. Let me tell you about one. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a fancy one called the Orb City of Column Nexus. I appreciate your your faithful pronunciation. Yeah, thank you. They phonetically spell it out for you. Um, and this one, not underground, but it's a floating city of weird concentric Wait, circles and plates and stuff. Like it's a weird, weird is judgmental word. That, you know, I shouldn't put my preconceived I mean, it notions, could just be odd. I shouldn't project on it. Um, but it's super weird. Uh, this floating city that's kind of like spins around like it's the gears in a, in a timepiece. Um, and it's floating above the Beryllium Sea, which makes me think that it's probably in uh, Ch- Chamon, um, is my guess. Um, but, but, that amazing floating city, uh, that's not the only amazing thing about it. It's actually then surrounded by clouds of acid. So it's got a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's an up-and-coming uh, area. Get in while the real estate is cheap. <laughs> um, and so uh, for... Would you a, say this so the atmosphere is kind of toxic? Then? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, while it was under the effects of the penumbral engines that were sort of protecting it, um, the, the Karajan overlords would, would fly like around it. They'd give it a wide berth, and they're like, ah, eh, there's nothing interesting over there. It's a floating city that's like a, a weird clock. And they're like, nah, let's, we'll, just, we'll just avoid it. You idiots! Um, but when it was... Uh, <laughs> sort of revealed um, from the, the effects of the necroquake. Um, turns out every everything in the air uh, wanted a piece of it. Uh, Karajan overlords, Grapag scuttlers, um, Skaven. like the Skaven in their mm-hmm. weird floating blimps, and they're all sort of descending on it, trying to navigate these acid clouds, and then landing on it, and trying to navigate the crazy uh, mazes that are inside of it, which are guarded by clockwork, clockwork automatons. Uh, you want to talk about an also prime dungeon, uh, like crawl uh, location it's that place because it's basically just one giant maze mm-hmm. um and who knows what's inside of it because no one's been able to like navigate to the center of it which obviously is where all the sweet loot is um, mm-hmm. so that's my jam high up in the air kind of remind me at first glance of a potentially a way to visualize it this isn't how the art does it but like um halo mm. uh you know just the the video game and that the series of like large circles that would have uh you know just the the, the whole earth was just or the ecosystem yeah. was just inside that ring yeah that would be another cool way sure, to think sure. about it also like ring world for you book readers out there what are those yeah. 
never done it. <laughs> never heard of it. Um, so that's. I mean, is there any more to say about the vaults? Yeah, I think so. What? There's the crawling pits of Gorentia. Oh, you want another one? All right, hit me. That's right. Uh, so this is a storm vault that was just like you know being all hidden, being all cool, minding its own business yeah. as you do, right? Feeling and then pretty. When the necroquake comes on, yeah, feeling pretty. Might fall down later. Mm-hmm. Here comes the necroquake, breaks the enchantment, and it falls into an arachnorock nest. So now there's a storm vault with all this junk, right? But you gotta fight off some arachnorocks to deal with it. So I would never. Uh, fair. Uh, and that's actually where the battering ram was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's exactly right. That you could level mountains with. So, uh, who is it? Gordrak. Gordrak, right? Right there. And now has the hammer, mm. and he's gonna go level some mountains because he's got a plan. Sure. Because those mountains are always mm-hmm. making fun of him. Only thing stopping from leveling yeah. the whole place is his four-inch movement. Well, mm-hmm. and there's an interesting point here that I'd like to just point out, right? Like, so Hammerhall actually is on top of a storm vault. Hammerhall Gira is on top of a storm vault. Like, all of these big beacons of civilization are on top of storm vaults. So Sigmar has based his entire fledgling order civilization on top of nuclear bombs, as it was, right? So it really illustrates how to him, he has this, like, fatalistic, if I can't protect this, it's not worth having, right? Like, even the realms are not worth having if I cannot protect these storm vaults. We're watching Chernobyl right now, so that's actually very terrifying. That's fair. Well, but you also think about, like, if if you needed to reach for that thing. Uh-huh. You're def- like, again, you're defending uh, Hammerhall, actually. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, this isn't going well. What's my last thing that I can do? I'm going to reach into the storm vault, yeah. grab the big weapon, and, and use it. But as a last resort, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. Um, so there's... Yeah, and and man, there's so many ways to think about. Um, I I did a lot of underlining when I read this, and there's just words. These are just words. So think, close your eyes. I'm glad I didn't. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you. I'm glad I'm, I didn't loan you my book. I'm gonna. Yeah, I know, right? That was the first thought. I was like, you underlined in went, a book. I went underline your book. Here's uh, arcane automata, relic weapons, forbidden spell or chrono fields. Treasure, she- treasure seekers. Talk a little louder. Uh, here's Seraphon <laughs> guarding ziggurats. Hey, for you uh, uh, old old world uh, um, lizard yes. players, there you go. Um, <laughs> Leave us alone now. God killing weapons, <laughs> Zacrosian mind stones, f- things formed from pure nothing, guardian spirits, beasts of the void. There's so many things in these. Isn't our yeah. hobby awesome? Right. Like I mean, this is yeah. This is amazing. Like the the narrative potential by just this section. We haven't even actually hit the narrative of this book yet. No. We're Despite just my best talking efforts. about the background. I'd argue that it, it matters not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it just has so much potential. It has so much explanation of exactly what it is that we have here. And it's, it's awesome. I mean, but because the Necroquake has messed with this. Um, penumbral engine operation, right? And they don't really work anymore, and everybody knows that they're here. Sigmar himself has plunged his entire civilization into war because everybody knows they're there now, right? Like, so the Caradron are like, you've left this for how long, right? You don't own this anymore. Finders, well, right? Yeah, so these reactions, mm-hmm. there's a ton of reactions to this, right? It's kind of, it's uh, tabloid fodder. It's It's the... <laughs> it's the um, Ponzi scheme, 
right, has been uh, unveiled, like Sigmar's in trouble. Like everyone's like, like so at the god level, like we said, Teclas, Tyrion are like, oh snap, what did they do to that? I recognize who did it too. Grony, you're not getting out of this. Um, and he's like hiding behind a curtain. Illyrial, <laughs> I mean, this is like he dug up her gardens to put the stuff in there, right? And and so she's, what yeah. what are you doing? This is my sacred place, and you you put these here. Um, yeah, the Caradrin are like, uh, I, you know, keepers, um, scourge privateers, uh, and, or, uh, are out, you know, I mean, this is treasure hunting. Sure. This is dungeoneering. Mm. Uh, this is, um, you know, there's scouts going out to just find this stuff. Like, where is it? Who can find it? Um, the Deacon were like, yeah. uh, like, how can we use these to steal everybody's souls? This is, <laughs> yeah, this, is <laughs> this is waiting outside the Warhammer store on Warhammer Day to get the tokens that are only available on that day. Sure, get out. By the way, can one of you go do that? Yeah, Excellent. we'll see what we can That'd do. be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this won't come out until after, but yeah. Um, so it's it's yeah, I mean it's and it's oh gosh, uh, one of my favorites was um, the the sea elves. Yeah, Deepkin. Deepkin. Deepkin, yeah. Looking at, they're like, oh, yeah, there's treasure, but man, the penumbral engine. Oh, yeah, that's what that was. Yeah. Like, there's two parts of that. There's like, one, we could be hidden, and two, it can just, it can purge our memories. Sure. Like, just that idea of like, they're trying to get away from the sens- sensation and the memories of Slanesh. Mm-hmm. Like, could we just, like, go into like a deprivation, like, just burn it away? Just burn yeah. it away, and like, let's not, and we'll, we'll just be in bliss. Yeah. Like, there's just, some just cool reactions to mm-hmm. finding out about this stuff. Well, and we have motivations for a bunch of armies that didn't necessarily have the best motivations for why they'd be fighting. And they have some solid, awesome motivations now for fighting battles around these storm vaults. Like what? Well, just like the Caradron overlords are like, oh, we're sellswords. We kind of like, you know, we're merchants. Money is everything. That doesn't really go well with being like, I'm going to go fight a battle, right? Because, well, what happens if your ship goes away, right? But if they're like, hey, there's this stuff and it's money and I need to get it because it's just sitting there and it's free and the code says I can take it, right? That's a whole lot more believable scenario for me for a carriage on Overlord battle than like, I'm going to come down out of the skies and fight you in a battle because yeah. there's a thing. Well, certainly not. Yeah, certainly not a battle of passion. Yeah, exactly. Like they're going to they're gonna protect something. Mm-hmm. They're going to be hired for something if they know the odds are well. But yeah, this is a, it's it's a salvage operation. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, there's so many ether things that they could harness that ether into something. I'm sure that, I'm sure there's a storm vault full. Like, what if Sigmar found a bunch of Urgold, put it in a storm vault so the fire slayers couldn't get it all? Well, I'm, I'm remembering how a story crazy that would there that was, be? There was a, I think, where did I read this? There was once a vault that was full of both Aether Gold and Urgold at the same time, and both the dwarf like factions yeah. had to like fight each other. After. Mm-hmm. Where did I read that from? Uh, I think it was in the book. Was it in this one? But I, I also uh, just read the Fire Slayer. I don't. The, again, well, but that, like that penumbral engine at my house. Yeah, but there's, just true. think about that for a second, right? Like if no, if no, Sigmar kidding. had a storm vault. And he filled it with Urgold, and he filled it with Ether Gold, right? So he filled it with the power of the Caradron, and he filled it with the the essence of the Fire Slayer's God, right? Has Sigmar betrayed the Fire Slayers? That's like what, that's what that? I was just saying. Exactly. <laughs> thanks, like, I mean, for, thanks for spelling it out for everybody. <laughs> I, I wanted to. <laughs> In but uh, but I mean that but that idea of like I mean one him hoarding things that were aren't necessarily necessarily his, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah. That, mm, yeah. There's again. This is a type of thing 
that you can play with it to, to your heart's content. You yeah. can write a narrative. You can decide what's in your storm vault. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be anything. Well, in any place in the realms can be important, mm-hmm. right? Like the, that's what storm vaults have allowed to happen. You, know, you don't have to have a city. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a civilization. You just have to have a place, yep. right? And that's a really cool a narrative hook. It's also really cool. just like match play scenario. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. Uh, there was another interesting uh, storm vault. Not another one. Uh, yeah, there was another one, and what it was got? called uh, the Midnight Tomb. Really? Yeah, and there's quite a bit said about this one, and maybe we maybe we spend some time talking about it. <laughs> well, the book certainly does. Yeah, it sure sure does. A little bit, a little um, bit. So the Midnight Tomb was set in the Stigits re- Stigits 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 Stigits, Stigits. Stigits. Uh, region of Shyish. Um, this is a region that we've actually heard before. I think we might have mm-hmm. talked about it once or twice in some of the books or other bit, uh, things that we've chatted, chatted about. Um, it's uh, So we talked about Shyish and how it's um, oftentimes o- almost predominantly set up in terms of like a series of afterlives. Mm-hmm. Whenever a, a living civilization like conjures up an afterlife, it apparently just like exists in mm-hmm. uh, Shyish. Um, this is one of those afterlifes um, where it's actually where some of the like forgotten like death deities, like those that are like waning in power, mm-hmm. they go off to uh, to just like die. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's like the the yep. afterlife for gods, like American gods. That is to get right here, right? Yeah. Like, like, if you haven't read American Gods, I'm sorry, but like, part of part of American Gods is that we have these gods that are waning because the belief in them has stopped stopped existing. And Stigix is where those gods go in the mortal realms where it's like, nobody believes in me anymore. I have some power, but I need to go somewhere to die. Mm. This is where they go to die. Uh, lay down and take a long nap, perhaps. Exactly. Um, until someone starts believing in them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's a pretty harsh landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a continent surrounded by the Dwindle Sea. So yep. these gods are dwindling, how aptly named. And um, we, I think at one point we might have talked about how this is actually where Nagash himself uh, fled to back during during the Age of Chaos when he was defeated yep. at the Battle, I think it's the Battle of the Burning Sky, basically. That sounds about right. That sounds right. Um, is where, like, his Mortrox, like, carried him off and, like, took him to Stigix. I don't, because Battle of the Burning Sky is where he did not come to Sigmar's aid. And oh. then Sigmar chased him down, destroying a bunch of stuff in, um, in uh, Shyish. And I think, I think, He's in Stigix after Archeon kind of comes in and devastates. Sure, yeah. That, okay, so I, I might have the battle, battle wrong, but that is, but I yeah. think, where he goes. Yep. To, like, mm-hmm. After he gets beat up, like Archeon cracks him in the skull, and so his Murtrox, like carry him away sure. into a bunch of like backdoor yeah. like, realm okay. gates. To, to, like, well, and this is the north part of the stable part of the realm of death, right? Like When we get to the outside, uh, there was a really cool little thing where it says, at the edges of the realm... That's where these new underworlds come from. Like mm. that's where they create themselves out of the essence. Okay. And as they become more believed, they move towards the center of it. Mm. So like the as they become more and more powerful. So it very viscerally, it it illustrates Nagash as the master of the the realm of death, because his realm is the most central realm within it. Because that's where the Nadir of Shayish is, and that's where he's drawing everything to him. Um, and speaking of Nagash, there is actually a rumor that underneath this lake that you're talking about, Lake Lethis, that that is where the sarcophagus of Nagash is. So when his Mortogs brought him and they had him rescued, they took him down to the sarcophagus, and that's where he 
recovered. Gotcha. gotcha. Right? You know what it made me think of? What? Because they talk about the the Lord of Death's like sarcophagus, uh, Davy Jones' locker. Mm. That's what it made me think oh, of. Oh, I miss Davy. Oh, sad. <laughs> not her Davy. More like no. Davy. Who... I know, but I'm, I'm still... Uh, anyway. Um, so uh, they, they paint a little bit of a picture. I like how they're using a lot more maps and they try to like flesh out the locations yep. quite a bit. So I, I like how this uh, Stigic is actually fairly populated despite its... Mm-hmm. Um, I always, from the description in Undying King, I always thought it was like just like a pocket realm similar to like yeah, the Ariels. Yeah, I, so. I thought so too, yeah. Like it was just not a place you could go, mm-hmm. but this is very much a place you Yo, can go. Yeah, definitely, uh-huh. yeah. It's, and all sorts of people are going there. Or where people yeah. went. Sure. Or both. Oh, sad. They go and went. Well, they I mean, go. it's got a it's got a river port of the yep. Karakathos. Um, there's a lodge lands of the Olrung fire slayers. There's a ton of mortal settlements yeah. in this place. A right? Canite citadel. Uh, yep. A realm gate for deepkin, like under the under the yep. sea. Railway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a flesh eater court has a castle there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also this deific Drachmir. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's this yeah. deific mons, which is a mountain. Um, harkening back to some, you know, ancient days where there was this like tower castle on top of it, where they thought like a bunch of demigods and like titans kicked it all the time. But it's like, like the major like geographical feature of right. this area. So if I'm gonna pull out of the narrative a little bit, it's Mount Olympus, right? It's well, Mount Olympus. No, in the Rome because of there's a different Mount Olympus. Like that's there was a mountain where like the Pantheon was actually kicking it, and it wasn't this mountain. Well, but um, in the realm of death. Okay, maybe the death's right. equivalent. To because Mount this Olympus. is where all the they say that this is where the gods of death mm. would come to talk about what it what was going on, sure. right? Which is a really is that like a sweet metal. This band was your name? this, this was is, your grandpa's Pantheon. This is Pantheon. really fleshing out the realm of Shayish a lot because. Not only does it explain how these sub-realms come into being, not only does it explain like how power is gathered in this realm, but there's also like they have meetings, they have summits and conferences to talk about how they are actually managing it. So the belief in the afterlife not only creates the sub-realm itself, but it creates a Bureaucracy. god. <laughs> and this god has his own awesome. sentience, his own understanding. And to the point where he can leave his own sub-realm, go and talk to the other gods and be like, so, what are we going to do now? How is this going to happen? Oh, I right? hate networking. It Totally, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like dead networking. It's like, hi, that's a clammy that, handshake. That's, that's redundant, Great, Paul. this is great. All well, networking. Here's, qu- here's a question, Aaron. I mean, this is, Uh-oh. where do you go to find the statistics about who's got more followers? Ooh. Where's the data? Where's this the This is where the data happens. I suppose, that's true. At, at the these uh, gatherings, mm-hmm. comparing uh, s- sacrifices, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right on. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, killed it. <laughs> so the, this is this, this is very much like what one of those meetings would be like. Somebody <laughs> say something like clever, and everyone would be like, yep, yep. Mm. Well, and they're like, you I killed it, and everybody would be like, because you can't really kill anybody. Get no, it? It's a I, pun. I do. Uh, you did. <laughs> um, so this is the city of Lethis, right? So what particularly you, is interesting about the city of oh, Lethis? Oh, sorry. The we're back to the city of Lethus. Sure. Okay. Well, no, I mean, we really haven't talked about Lethus. Let's mention, yes, there's also the city of Lethus there. Yeah. Um, and it is on, coincidentally, Lake Lethus. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where we're, we're narrowing it down. We're focusing more and, and the, more where the story's uh, going to take us to. The f- now, the uh, the way we get into here, to Stigix, the way we know more about it, or Sigmar got into here, was a battle. Um, the pushing the great pretender hmm. into here. So there's a, uh, you know, in the Realmgate Wars, um, Sigmar and his, and the 
anvils, anvils yeah. smash found out this found this place through smashing through the you know this Lanesh pretender god, and then uh, kind of like oh what's this? Um, so is all of this stuff like the Reaver Port and stuff after that? Is this after the Realm Gate Wars into uh, that period of time where the Soul Wars were? We get all these ports, or were they there before? You know, I, I don't. It didn't say specifically. I bet you some were before, some were after. Like I bet you some of these are ancient strongholds that existed maybe from the Age of Myth, or sure. some okay. of them were maybe made or founded after the Age of Chaos and mm-hmm. after the Remgate Wars. But it doesn't say one way or the other though. Cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, the Anvils of the Heldenhammer, they uh, forged sort of a beachhead in the area. They cleared out one of the Slaneshi pretenders, mm-hmm. um, and from one of his greatest defeats, they they planted a, a, a city right um, on the shores of Lake Lethus. Paul wants to say something. This is a, a super random point, but like, it's called the Great Pretender, right? He's pretending to be a god that is dead. So it was just a really cool little narrative hook to be like, the Stormcasts are here because they went to go drive out a guy who's pretending to be a god that's missing, right? Like, so a god of the dead god. If you guys want to hear more Super about cool. uh, Slanesh and the pretenders to his throne, listen to our last episode, mm. He Knights of Slanesh at Battletum. Or you could look it up on Amazon Music. They have some great music, the pretenders. Sure. It's true. <laughs> um, so uh, it sits on the shores of Lake Lethus, which is also pretty interesting. The lake isn't mm-hmm. just a lake. When is a lake not a lake? Uh, when it's a magical lake that steals the memories of anybody who falls in. Which uh, very reminiscent of the Deepkin, who mm-hmm. sometimes hang out in this lake. Actually, yeah, uh, seems like it was made for him. A yeah, little bit. yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, like to be honest, when I was reading the background for this, it also reminded me a lot of the background I wrote for the Gibbering Dome, because mm. it's all about memory and losing memory and like how, in my background, I wrote that you ate parts of this like void stone and you would lose some of the memories. And there's also that benefit where you can lose some of your memories intentionally. Sure. But if you fall in, you're lost, right? Yeah. Like you can't even remember who you are and all your memories are gone. Feeling a bit lethargic. Yeah. Ah. Oh, <laughs> let, let it go. Um, <laughs> let it go. So let's talk about the Dark. city. <laughs> ah, see, that was a trap you fell right into. It, um, it was. So Lethus is a pretty uh, solemn place. It's a mausoleum type city, which I think is, uh, we're kicking it in, in Shyish. I'm sure almost every city is a mausoleum city there. Um, <laughs> and they actually, uh, they a lot of the residents worship uh, the goddess Morda, which, Morda. Is an, which is an old ancient goddess of mm-hmm. the dead that, rumor has it, escaped the clutches of Nagash. I want to hear more about this god. Um, well, she was an ancient deity who, rumor has it, escaped the clutches of Nagash. No, get it, because Moore was a god in the old world, and now it's Morda. So yeah. I want to hear more about I it. I don't have any more to give you, man. Like, I just told you everything. Um, so Moore was a god of the dead in the old world. Yes, I know. Uh, Ravens, he was worshipped by Empire. Um, so this is a reintroduction of a, a really cool kind of just interesting um, free people's interpretation of what it means to be a god of the dead. Mm. And it's not Nagash, it is more. Sure, sure. I have a garden of more Morta. somewhere over there. Orla, um, exactly. Um, and they ho- they hope or they think that <laughs> this, like the protection of Morda is actually what's keeping like the undead at bay, you know, like away from away from this. I feel like there's an animal that really like sticks to this area, so there's- right? There's an interesting dynamic here beyond even just the, the the raven. Yeah. So it's uh, referred to as the bleak raven as the as the um, herald of the god Morda. Mm-hmm. Um, but the anvils there, because again, we're dealing with reality that ghosts are real, right? <laughs> we're mm-hmm. reality that death magic is mm-hmm. real. Demons st- are real. Honestly, yeah. I still don't believe it. Um, so <laughs> there's a there's this death god who supposedly 
escaped the grasp of, of Nagash. So there's a lot of respect and there's a lot of, um, and for the anvils of, of Heldenhammer, there's, um, there's, there's, they pay, I guess they pay their respects to it. They think about it. There's almost, um, almost a worship, I guess, type behavior. And the devoted of Sigmar in this place are kind of like, well, I'll allow it as long as there is, you know, uh, also a mention of Sigmar or, or practice or ritual to Sigmar. So there's, it's this weird dynamic where the humans are kind of overseeing the storm cast mm. mm-hmm. or like, or there's just a, a enough uh, political power to where mm-hmm. there's a, seems like there's a little bit of conflict. Which is what? because like even the Stormcast are like, you don't understand, like I've met Sigmar, like he's cool, but like this other guy is like, you don't tell me who to worship. Like <laughs> me and Sigmar are like this. Well, yeah. and the other thing is because he's sending the anvils of Heldenhammer, right? Or the anvils to Shayesh, right? These are the souls that Sigmar took from Nagash that have been reforged into Stormcast that he is now sending back into Shayesh. Mm. Yep. So this city itself is like the the height of I don't know, pride, what do you call it? Uh, sure. of Sigmar like to be like he's taunting Nagash. I mean, exactly. Right What's more Shayesh uh-huh. than Lethis in Stigix? Yeah. I mean, come on. Can't be yeah. beat. Um, so uh, one quick again, just side note, right? This is my opinion. It, this is the AOS version of the Tower of London where you've got these really somber headsmen in this jail where they kind of keep everybody together and there are these ravens that signify it. So anyway. Never heard of it. It was super cool. Quit trying to make I'm, it British. I'm kidding. It is British. I've heard like, it. There's I've nothing heard I can do to London. make it more British. <laughs> cool. What else? I'm going to talk about other interesting parts of Lethus. Yeah. For instance, yeah. there's the Vale, which is the main realm gate there. And it, and it actually is a realm gate to a wide range of places. Um, but where it goes depends on the phases of the... Um, I'm going to say the moon, but it's probably High, high Sigand... Sigandil? High Sigandil. Sigandil, yeah. Um, so it's one of those, you know, it's one of those fancy realm gates that go to a different place depending <laughs> on what, you know, what time of the day or time you of year. You guys, in my day, one. realm gates went to one place and it was uphill both ways. <laughs> I prefer my realm gates to only go to a place half the time. Otherwise, it's turned off. Um, I bet both those realm gates exist in the mortal realms. Just going to point out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so this one uh, goes to Azir um, when Sigindale is at its apex, when it's at its highest peak. So, like, it is a, a point of, like, um, reinforcement or a connection to Azir, but only sometimes. And I wonder if that will come into play later. So Who you're knows? telling me there's a, there's a storm vault, a great city, a host of civilization, and a, uh, a realm gate directly to Azir. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know why anybody would attack that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got everything. Well, and the not, a target, not a target. <laughs> of, of the anvils also have their storm keep here. Yeah, 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 right. And there's this huge graveyard that is just this huge open space that they protect. They don't allow anybody else to come into, and that's where the veil itself is. Right. Upon punishment of death. Upon you punishment know. of death. Exactly. I mean, you're in the realm of death. Whatever. I die. Oh, I come back. <laughs> I Crap. Say, I came you, back what again. What are you gonna do? You're gonna kill me again. I'm gonna you come back do? again. This is my afterlife. Mm. And, uh, it, and it's literally the veil. The realm gate is a bone arch with cloth, like a uh, death shroud cloth, hanging in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and evidently, you know, that's just kind of this cool idea too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like. I imagine the cloth like bellows, and you walk into it and you just disappear. Mm-hmm. It like just sweeps you away. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lake Lethus is the main source of food as well. Like oh, there yeah. are fishers that are. Fishers so this is uh, <laughs> iocane powder. 
they they build up immunities to, to that uh, that uh, lethargy. Mm-hmm. But they they use yeah they use the 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 lake's water to help them like dull memories and mm-hmm. and you know um, from traumatic experiences or whatever. So that's sure. And people can come from like you know from all over to like all right, I've got this traumatic thing that I want to forget. I know mm-hmm. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go drink my sorrows away in Lake Lethus. Yeah. Also so, the name of my you- children. What do you think Lethus water alcohol? Like think about like like literally like something that you're like I want a little edge on it, but yeah. this will really be the trick and like sure. drawing on my it's sorrows. Probably honestly, it's probably not alcoholic at all, but like you'd forget that you weren't drunk, and so like no, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to hold anybody accountable for it. It's you know? absinthe. Yeah. I mean, go. come on, it literally kills brain cells. Come sure. on, Absin- this makes perfect sense. It's absinthe absin- does make the or is it makes the heart grow fonder. Exactly. Or so after it erases your memories, would you just call it absinthe? Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. Uh, but you know, Nagash is totally okay with the city existing right in the middle of the heart of the realm of Shayash, Perfect. Right? Oh, Incorrect. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead, hang out there, Sigmar. Gosh. So yeah, I mean, Nagash is seething like. The dispossessed have nothing on Nagash. Ever since, ever since we've like heard him talking about anything, like just in the in the Realm Gate Wars, like dude doesn't not like let go of anything. Yeah. So Sigmar's first, you know, he didn't he broke the Pantheon or whatever, you know. He, but then he stole, started stealing souls, and he started stealing, um, uh, what should we call it? Um, actual souls that were already in Shyish, like, eh, I'll just take some of those too. He's never going to notice. He's never going to notice that. Like, the best and brightest of Shyish. And then, uh, on top of that, trapped some of his stuff in these vaults. Yeah. Like, in his own backyard. And he proceeded to found cities in, like, yeah, right? He just, he set up a, a, a tent right in his front. You know. I love that, like, Stoop. he made a storm vault and he's like, I gotta keep this safe. And then he's like, oh, crap, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to build the city on it. This is still mine. Right, like, is it still my I, I put it here, right? Like, is it still mine? And then is, has then has the gall to say, Nagash, why are you so mad at me? Yeah, exactly. What the hell, what's the problem, man? Like, this is my stuff. Well, I left it here. To be to be clear, Sigmar does clear. not care if anybody else is upset with him. <laughs> he does not act like anybody who's like, well, they'll be upset. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? Uh, but <laughs> but Nagash is holding quite the grudge. Like, he just he's. He's a he's got one track mind. And some grudges can only be held for so long before you have to act on them. Yeah. yeah. And le- thus leads us into the story of uh, forbidden power. So basically, uh, Necroquake hit, revealed all these um, storm vaults. Yep. Nagash realizes that there's this midnight tomb that we don't know much about yet, but we'll talk about more um, underneath the city of Lethus. And he says, "All right, fine. Like this is on my on my doorstep." I mean, let it go. No, you will not let it go. I already made that joke. <laughs> But um, it, oh yeah, <laughs> but now we're applying it to Nagash, and it makes so much more it's sense. It's much better. You're right. <laughs> when the penumbral engine fails, Nagash hears something from the midnight tomb, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh crap, that's mine." Sure. Right. This is somebody who used to owe allegiance to him that is trapped in this midnight tomb, and he's yeah. like, "No, no, no, no. You like, you take my souls. Fine, right?" Well, you not, do this, not he doesn't say fine, right? He doesn't say fine. Also like, not fine. You're taking, like, basically what this sounds like is, you take one of my Mortarks, we're going to have a problem, right? And he's like, this needs to be mine. And it's probably a Mortark level thing, but we'll talk about that too. But mm-hmm. um, So all his eyes drawn to let this, and he Ooh. says, all right, well, here it is. 
I'm waging war on a number of fronts right now, but I'm, I'm going to bring in one of my Mortarks, Lady Olinder, Mortark of Greeth, uh, and I'm going to give her this singular mission to take that city down and free whatever is kicking it on the inside. Um, and so he does. He calls her into court and says, hey, I want this thing. And she's all right, cool. She tips her cap and, and goes on goes on her way. Um, she gathers her Nighthaunt forces. Uh, she sets up sort of a, I don't know, a beachhead or like a, a foundational point at the top of that deific Mons, which mm-hmm. everybody already thought was kind of haunted to begin with. Well, then again, yeah. it's shyish. Everything's haunted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yep. Like Ride of the Valkyrie style, just like... Yeah. Green uh, light surrounding this mountain, some, some, constant uh, turmoil. Some Swift Talk agents go to check it out, uh, and only like one makes it back. <laughs> and out of their mind, talking gibberish, but the way they describe it is that there's enough uh, ghosts there uh, to like cover the entire, like block out the entire spire, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, from the pictures is, you know, let's say it's a mile high sure. and they're just swarming the entire thing. It looks know. like it's clouds and stuff, yeah. but like, Oh, nope, those are just ghosts. Yeesh. Yep. Um, and so from there they, they launch their attack, right? So they come rushing down the mountainside. Um, it leads right over the lake, uh, Lake Lethus. And so they're, they're rushing airborne over the lake, just swarming and attacking all the boats and, you know, the peoples that are, you know, out fishing on, on the water, which is actually the subject of one of the um, little short stories that they published on one of their uh, Forbidden Power Weeks. Are they still going to do those? They made it sound like it was going to be like a thing, but then it sort of petered off. I don't know. Nobody here knows. Honestly, I'd be the person to ask, really. Um, but it's the story of Cursed Waters. Um, <laughs> you should have made that a, a dialogue just between you and your other you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Aaron. They said they were going to do more, but then they never really did. We'll have to wait and see. I appear to have no inner monologue. Yeah. I'm having problems controlling. Well, Aaron, you want my voice? You're looking really good these days. Nice haircut. Hey, thanks, man. Um, so uh, they're swarming uh, Lake Lethus, and you know, if you haven't really done it, if you haven't done it, go check out the Curse Waters story because it's actually pretty interesting, and it harkens back to those old um, malign portent short stories, which yeah. I loved, loved, loved. Um, honestly, some like. AOS fiction is almost always at its best when it's short and condensed and like you can really cram in a lot of like emotion and feeling into it which this this one totally did um, you get a, you get a perspective of like the people on the boat seeing both the night haunt swarming down the down the lake basically this huge tidal wave um, attacking folks and then the quote unquote saviors that come like rushing out of the water alongside them but this is where the the deepkin forces um, of this area uh, rise to uh, sort of face off uh, the night haunt, so it's. Um, it's and there's a, there's kind of a big call at this point because the the forces of Lethis see this coming, mm-hmm. and they call in for reinforcements. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're signaling to the Azir. They're putting out to the Caradron fleets that are you know ransacking a vault over to the right. They're they're going so far as trying to see if um, the the Carrion, one of the Carrion kings, or what is um, the Castle Drachmir. Mm. They'll come over and help them out. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. There's uh, those the fly- fire slayers in in the area as well, calling yep. in calling in those favors. So basically, they realize they're 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 about to get hit in the chin <laughs> real quick, um, and they need to call in every favor that they have yep. to like come to def- defend the area. There's one super cool little detail that I loved about this whole first assault, where the knight can't come in, and then the the deepkin do this counterattack, and then the storm cast come out. So the first wave of the deepkin are the eels, right? And the eels are like, we're going to like take care of everything. But then the second, wa- the second wave are the thralls. And the thralls are like, hey, look at all these fishermen in the lake. They don't have any memory. 
hey, let's just steal their souls. Nobody's going to know anyway. They can't even remember the people. So they just like start harvesting the souls in the middle of the battle because they're like, we need these. These are awesome. Opportunistic. Exactly. When, you, when you're always uh, battery half full, mm. uh, you take every opportunity to charge back. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're playing a game of StarCraft, you need to be able to focus on on the battle, but then also your your base back home. you got to be harvesting your resources. Um, someone's going to get that, right? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of what the orc said. All done here, you know, from the old Warcraft. Uh, ready to work. Ready to work. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> what you need doing? Yes, my lord. Yes, my lord. No, yes, my lord. <laughs> yeah, that's As good. you wish. Should we just do st- Warcraft voices? All right, we're <laughs> we're changing to a uh, original Warcraft one uh, podcast. <laughs> it's just uh, they're remaking Warcraft oh, three. Yep. Pro seedings. Um, no, that's StarCraft. Uh, light them up. Crossing your streams. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man, honestly, if we should do it. You guys want to do a different <laughs> podcast? <laughs> I'm talk about that right now. now, right here, in the middle. We're not going to finish the story. <laughs> We're just going to talk about Warcraft. Yeah. And it's going to be about uh, Warcraft and lawns. Yeah. <laughs> Lawn parties. I'm going to talk about that nonsense all day long. All right, yeah, so um, the the deep can show up is the, it's the Iron Rock forces led by King I'm like, what is this? Ekravir, Black Tide. Um, they rise up and they meet the Ghost Tide. Um, they charge right into them. They they drive the Nighthound back to like the northern coast, away from the city. Um, and but they take a lot of heavy losses, and it seems like they can't with they can't hold this position for long. But then the Stormcast come rolling in, led by Lord Celestint Varangul. Vandergul. Um, and so they do their best to like hold off the the Nighthound, but they they just keep coming, and the, the forces are too large. And so they realize that they're gonna have to double back and head back to the city and and sort of use or you know retreat back to the safety of the walls of the city and and defend uh, their position from there so uh, this is a kind of a cool scene where like the stormcast um sort of pave the way for the retreat in lockstep and they just go line by line by line um from like liberator line to liberator liberator line like shield walls and stuff and so it really goes to show like the efficiency of i, I mean in my mind the particular the anvils of the held hammer very unemotional very like uh, methodical in their motions and they're doing their best to cover the retreat of like the the, the, the you know the humans and then also the deepkin as well so they can get back to Lattice. I mean if you think about it I do they're, all they're the basically time. like the the poise of like white kings and skeletons and like that that stalwartness but in stormcast bodies yeah geez louise I mean if yeah and if the general dies they don't just like crumble like they, no, kick, they no. hang out yeah um so it's around this time that like the retreat starts off pretty effectively, but even it starts to fall apart. Like you can hold up your shields all you want, but like if you're dealing with ghosts, they're going to start to find their way through the yeah. through the shield wall. Um, and it's around here that uh, one of the local fire slayer lodges also join in on the retreat. Like they were kind of running back to the city themselves because they weren't able to like face off the the night haunt, and so they join forces. Um, with the Stormcast and the Deepkin to like cover the retreat and make make everyone's way. I mean, generally safety safely back to uh, Lethus. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the timely arrival of the Greyfeard Lodge. And so, if you know anything about Fire Slayers, uh, the Greyfeards are known as the uh, the lodges that will like work with anybody for like any price sort of thing. Not any price for a high price, mm-hmm. but um, they're not necessarily known for like having high mm-hmm. ideals or necessary moral compass. They'll they'll take money from anybody um, if it's uh, appropriate. So going into this, maybe that clues you in on the sort of fire slayers that we're dealing with, right? Like it's mm. not the vault vault 
stags, var stags, var stags. Anyways, they're the main ones. Um, the better ones. The better ones, right? Like every every faction has like the good ones, yep. um, and then the subsequent ones. Mm. Um, I feel like there's a backstory to what's going on at the Fire Slayers here. Tell me though. about it. Because the Fire Slayers were paid to defend Lethys. Sure. But the townspeople are a little bit behind on their payment. So oh, there's some no. grudge going on here of being like, hey, dude. But Vandergool is like, hey, you know what? We're going to figure this out and we're going to like get you some sweet payment going sure. on. Well, it, it sounds like they'll pay you double like if you come like help us protect the city. Exactly. And he's like, oh, okay. sounds great. We're doing well, great. Well, it's more, I wouldn't go straight to that. They're more like, all right, fine, you better pay us double because we're not going to forget the fact that you have not paid us yet. Like we'll fight now, but that doesn't mean we're cool. Um, give us our money. Um, I want my two dollars. Can I have help four beers? Help me. Help, help you. Yeah, exactly. So they're pretty miffed. It's not a great relationship. Um, and so they were able to make it back to the walls of Lethus um, and are able to regroup. And so here, here's where they sort of gather and take stock of the forces that they have available to them. So like behind their walls, which are like you know thrice blessed or blah blah blah. Um, any number of, of folks have come through. Aether like, cannons. Yeah, all this jazz. So like it's yeah. a pretty well fortified city. Paul raised his finger like he wanted to say something. So this is a cool line. Additionally, in the aftermath of the necroquake, Ethrius, who is the Lord Ordinator in charge, mm. had himself had directed dispossessed work crews and the creation of intricate sluice works within the masonry which were subsequently killed, filled with raw celestium, the stuff of heavenly magic. Oh. We've got Azir Realmstone flowing into Shayesh, into these buildings, which is, I don't know if that's the first time that we've had two Realmstones going against each other, but this is a, to me, this is a super significant moment in the narrative. Well, I know that having that much of any Realmstone has going to have some effect, but sure. yeah, that, that's, and in this case, what do we, think about it, it's probably a very like it's blessing right it's holy mm-hmm. azir is holy kind of energy or whatever yeah. so it's it's that yeah ultimate anti kind of reminds you of a uh, glimpse forge in um battle mm-hmm. for glimpse forge yeah where they're burying the relics of the saints sure to guard the walls and if you want to listen to that go listen to our episode oh no lost it, it lost that episode aaron why do you keep bringing it up every time soul wars comes up um so, so this the city now has a wide range of defenders like available to it. Like uh, Paul just mentioned, the Lord Ordinator Arthurius, uh, he's got his dispossessed war crews. He's got devoted war priests and the Ordinator conclaves underneath them. Um, this is home to the Blackshore Guard, which is a free guild handgunner regiment. Um, there's the Sacrosanct Chambers of the Grave Brethren and the uh, Sep- Sepiternals. I'm sure that probably means something. Um, now that the Iron Rock Deepkin are here, um, they are under protect under the protection of the Soul Scryer Namos. There's an Excelsior War Priest Pravus Morningstar. Uh, there's the Lord Celestant of Andergul of um, oh God, what was their chamber? There's yeah. more more anvils. I can't remember what mm-hmm. they're called. Um, Plus uh, the Rune Sun Gregor Greyfeard, which is that rune, uh, the Fire Slayer guy I was just mm-hmm. talking about before. There's the Admiral Colstarn of the Quadrant Overlords, which are uh, yep. sort of based in this area as well. Um, and then a person who we will name later, yeah. a, a big name. Um, we'll we'll make his presence yeah. known later later in the story. So look but at that list the, of people yeah. like defending this city. Like, exactly, it's not just one race. It's mm-hmm. not just one. This is a conglomeration, right? Sure. And it's interesting to note this wide range of races are happy. Oh, so very glad to defend the city. Um, oh, by the way, maybe maybe we'll get closer and closer to this uh, new storm vault that was discovered. Uh, Which is super. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like the deepkin are like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get pretty close to this engine. Sure. See how this engine is working. The character's like, we're gonna we're gonna bomb super close to the storm vault. It's gonna be fine. 
and the great fear are like hey the storm like we're gonna defend in the center of the city right mm-hmm. like right near the entrance and so the only people that are like actually defending the walls are the free guild the Stormcast, and the devoted mm-hmm. and they're like what more they, do you need man? yeah and then <laughs> they get overrun pretty much immediately because it's like what the heck are you gonna do against like this massed onslaught of night haunt and dead walkers yeah. and this is the other thing is that it's not just the night haunt there's also this huge mass of dead walkers and necromancers that are here as well mm. so there is an alliance on both sides yep exactly exactly um so fast forward fast forward fast forward the city's now under siege so the night roll up to the doors the dead walkers roll up to the doors as well there's hordes of zombies surrounding the city and they're just getting lit up by the, the cannons that are mounted on the city walls um the courage overlord ships are running strafing uh, movements against them and you know again mm-hmm. just uh, blowing them up with their guns um but there's the, the numbers are so large such that it, it hardly even matters and um they start sieging the walls and these big giant bone um siege tower constructs and so for every one that gets dropped like another three rise up to take its place and eventually they do take the walls um they plop their little gangplanks down and uh, the the walls themselves are overrun with um yeah just like that uh with uh dire wolves and mm-hmm. um other like zo- zombies and stuff it's like three minutes to midnight right like sure. everything is going to be totally fallen and you know what it's like three minutes to midnight for this realm gate as well mm. right so like in no time at all it's not going to lead to azir it's going to lead to somewhere else sure exactly so they need to they need to settle this quickly uh, while they still have that g- gate open so that if they wanted to get like reinforcements or access to azir mm-hmm. um so it seems like the defenders are kind of holding their own but it's slow they're slowly losing ground on the um on the walls uh and um the, the gate seems like it's being taken so like who's guarding the gate right now is some stormcast but then it's also the fire slayers and they're like ah fire slayers defend the gate that's exactly what they said that's a direct quote um and the slayers are like yeah no that we'll do our job we'll do what we're, we're sent here to do mm-hmm. surprise no they don't they, they betray the stormcast and they stab mm-hmm. him in the back and they flank him on the side um because what jerks yeah what jerks because it turns out uh they were coerced or outbid i guess maybe um by the the night haunt so at some undetermined time previously uh some haunted specter mm-hmm. approaches the rune sun and sort of gets into his brain and tricks him uh and turns him against the forces so of was, order i was gonna say lady olinder didn't offer more she just gave him a lot of grief oh that's true uh, yeah. i feel like we're talking about soul wars again where we have like one person that was talked into betraying the why do i keep bringing that up i don't yeah. know that's how the night hunt operate right uh, yeah. they get into your head and they they uh, and these guys especially i mean uh there's a lot of talking the night hunt about the betrayers and the people that are kind of turncoats and so this mm-hmm. is if they can find that as their way in right mm-hmm. that's how they break ranks that's how they there's I mean, that's psychological warfare, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of their MO is is the screeching, the the amassing, the say, hey, we're coming, warning you, all this kind of stuff. So and also mm-hmm. stabbing with ghost swords. Stabbing yeah. with ghost swords. Uh, so, I mean, if you're the only army with ghost swords, why not stab with them? Yeah. <laughs> so this one minute to midnight, and somebody comes through their own gate. Dun, dun, and who is dun, it dun, but the Celestin Prime? So uh, this is kind of cool where he's closed in the anvil's um, finery and his his actual personality changes, right? So it's not just that the armor changes, but the actual being inside of it has some change done to himself as well. Because there's only one Celestin Prime. 
He's the first Stormcast that was well, I've reborn. Seen, like, I've gone to a tournament. I've seen plenty of people have Solus and Primes. Like it's all historical reenactments. Okay, it's all different times, so it all works out. What, well. if, what if they're Solus and Prime One and Solus and Prime Two? What if sure. they're Solus and Optimus Prime? Then he's he's in disguise. Well, then he's a semi. But what if it's Prime? Like, but it, I I agree. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of heroes that uh, Games Workshop puts out that are like, oh, these are uh, hammers of Sigmar, and you're like, oh. But I wanted I wanted Nave to be in my army, uh, but my army's anvils and my army's um, you know something else. That's why you paint it like the on, like the box like I do. Yeah, um, but the Celestine Prime. Everyone usually paints a Celestine Prime like their army, like fits it in. Um, and this is the first time that I mean I, I I always assume like yeah he could just probably changes his armor. He's not doesn't belong to one chamber, so just cha- his armor changes whatever. Um, so this is just, yeah, it is cool to see kind of what, what does that actually mean? What does it look sure. like? Well, oh, his cha- voice changes. He's like changes a gravel death yeah. aspect to him. Do you think he's like mocking them? <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm the Celsius Prime here to, to help you. And I'm all grim and emo. And I've been in the Shires for so long. It's been a long time since I've been to the beach. Is it, is it like when you do like a D&D voice? Or like <laughs> We weren't. I, I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> you have to do the episode in your D and D voice now. Um, uh, so basically, now I'm we get to the point where D&D all the time. <laughs> where the Greyfeard betray the Order forces, right? Mm. And uh, so everything is lost. The militia start breaking, right? Like Vandergool gets killed, and his his soul ascends into the heavens, right? Um, and it comes down to we've got this fight for the mausoleum because the eels are able to be able to do some damage because it's this wide open open wide open space with the cemetery, and then we've also got the entrance to the midnight tomb as well, which we know that both of these places need to be defended. Um, but the midnight tomb is the one that Olinda is going after, and she sends Kurdwas to go attack the mausoleum itself mm-hmm. right and so that's that's where the celestial prime goes first like just that exactly. he just sees that fight and so uh, he rushes to the aid of the grand mausoleum which is like we said the storm keep of the mm-hmm. um anvils um there's a grand necropolis is that the necropolis yeah what did i say mausoleum uh, yeah. yeah grand necropolis um which I'm sure there's a mausoleum around it, in in and around. I mean, the, it's all. Yeah, just the whole the whole darn thing. It's lousy with mausoleums. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so the Celestin Cel- Cel- Prime uh, rolls up uh, w- with a retinue of prosecutors at the tent, like his angels, like his Damn. avenging angels. It's cool yeah. as hell. Um, yeah. And they start just routing um, the, the graveyard. Yeah, the, the like, graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Celestin Prime rolls up to the the runestone who's in charge of everything, and he's I says something awesome. Paul, find the quote. It's basically like, you've been judged unworthy. Thou is damned, son of Grimnir, he spoke, in this life and, and in all it, others. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh. and, and crack that dude's skull um, yeah. off his head, off his shoulders, probably. Um, yep. A lot what, of... What is the um, Lord of the Rings um, gif where it's like something's back on the menu? <laughs> Meat's back on the menu, yeah, boys. Here's but, the, here's the thing, right? With that, the hammer of the god king descended, crushing Runesongir's skull to bloody fragments. As the fire slayer fell, onlookers saw a halo of purplish flame envelop his body, which was then drawn into the head of the great shatterer. Is that right? always the case? Does he always steal stuff into the hammer? I don't know, but like, yeah, he's like, "You're mine, right? Like, you are my vengeance now." It's pretty sweet. It's pretty heavy. Um, 
So the Fire Slayers are routed, uh, and, and and so is Valentian's forces as well. He's forced to retreat, and the walls of the Grand Necropolis stand stand mm-hmm. firm. Oh, and that's something we didn't even talk about. Like for a split second, when the Fire Slayers were winning, um, they had a whole retinue of magma dross just breathing magma fire like on the gates and it was melting it down and then they had a bunch of runesmiths roll up and start pounding runes of like breaching and so like the place was gonna drop any uh-huh. minute before the Celestin Prime like shows up which is kind of mm-hmm. cool runes of breaching Bre- are you thinking of breaches Bre- <laughs> like breaches <laughs> there's a few points in which like the the illusions of the storm vaults uh and you know, like the bringing down of somebody's walls to me is like it's kind of getting caught with your breeches on, mm-hmm. you know, like your pants down. I knew where your mind yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so there's a number of references here that feel very much like breeches down. Sure, sure, I get that. Speaking of the storm vault, so we've saved the mausoleum, but the storm vault itself is only being defended by the sacrosanct chamber at this point, uh, right? And probably against Lady Olinder, they really don't have a chance. No chance. So the tomb is broken open. And her forces start running through. The Siege of Sorrow. Right. And so she releases these endless spells, right? So in the box set itself, you get Laoshan, the Soul Seeker. She releases that, right? Like all of these individual spells, the bridge, the shards, they're all released. And everything just seems completely lost. Yes, we've, we've saved the mausoleum. But the tomb is just being completely overrun. And with no allies left to call, what is going to happen to the city of Lethus? Wait, wait. It's going to fall. Is there no allies left to call, Aaron? Uh, Are there no allies? Are you talking about the Flesh Eater Courts? That's right. The Teneverse Court? Yes. Um, Yeah, they, I'm going to use the air quotes here, come rushing to the aid of the city but sometimes the aid is worse than the disease, so to speak. Um, so, uh, Tenebris Court um, comes rolling up out of nowhere. Um, they themselves think that they are these holy, like, cavaliers, noble cavaliers, riding on the city and, and purging it of these, you know, bat-winged, you know, monstrosities, saving the innocent townsfolk. And that may be true to some degree, but then they sort of fall victim to their own bloodlust and start just ransacking the city itself and attacking anybody they can get their hands on. And so it's up to the forces of order who recognize the help that this Tenebris Court can offer and sort of wrangle and corral them and put them in place positions that will help them and not you know kill a bunch of innocent people right. and so they do the best to um herd them in places where they're gonna where they're gonna be useful um it serves as a minor distraction honestly it just serves as a way to introduce the idea of having um uh what's it called in the game where you have other armies uh ally or yeah, mercenaries like, yeah and mercenaries. it's just a way to introduce like which i think it, to me it fits totally yeah. like as a like i know there's a lot of like hemming and hawing when this came out but i mean like you just need a good story mm. right it's all it takes a good story to make this legit like sure. give me a good reason and that's fine yeah so that's one a, a, and, a, and a new a new anecdote in the realms is uh now the phrase like hurting ghouls sure like hurting ghouls you heard it here first you heard it uh, ghouls here yeah. first um that's so that's one <laughs> aid that they find available to them also like when they're sort of uh, navigating the the tunnels and and vaults of this midnight tomb um another way uh this the storm cast the the um sacrosanct chamber that's sort of holed up there finds a way to like find unlikely unlikely aid is they open up a lot of the vaults and start using some of the uh weapons that they find there yep. so there's this geist bane sword and uh the shield of the pale knight 
um, that they use to like lend uh, lend strength to the forces um, there too, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I guess Paul already mentioned, but they are at the same time the undead are also opening up the vaults and freeing all sorts of the, like the residents that live there, like yeah. uh, the soul Laoshan and and Olinder specifically unleashes Laoshan and is like, find this person, mm-hmm. right? Find this being for. So me. this, I mean, when you you were making a joke about storage wars, never. But this is like they're like not. It's like if the show Storage Wars were people trying to break locks was an to, actual to war to grab stuff out of there and then fight each other with them. So this is more of a storage war. I, really I want to watch that show. I, say, I want, that show sounds I want awesome. my war joke to land better because that's solid. Storage like it's a storage war. Yeah, like it is a war. storage war. That's why I laughed. It was great. Audience, you it guys like, get it. And Paul gets it. We're gonna assume that when you said it the first time, everyone else were like, "Yeah, totally." Yeah. <laughs> I just want Eric to laugh at my jokes. I do. Um, <laughs> all right, so cool. Um, so eventually, later Olinder does roll up to the um, the final destination of this uh, tomb, and it's it's a g- giant jail cell. It's like a floating ball of nothing um, that is housing this great you know creature or whatever that she was led to, um, and she starts casting a spell. It's like a bunch of like black rose thorns, like vines, and it starts prying open the vault. Well, let me ask you guys uh, if we do a flashback to did did they not describe how this thing was captured they were talking a little bit about how it was pulled into this hole well, and that's yeah just saying i just wanted to see like i'm just confirming that they did talk about yes. how this thing's captured um so that so that i could you know just what was a, another like just cool imagery were gargants wearing uh sigmarite armor uh and and shields uh, like siege, uh, you know, gargants, but like on the side of order, trying to shut these gates on this thing, right? Trying to shut the vault, trying to tra- help trap this thing. So I'm just, again, age of myth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in time, gargants were on like wearing holy armor. That's mm-hmm. that's cool. Sure. That's well, super cool. Yeah, and like most of them were sacrificed to trying to jail this thing, but one of them was left out. And lo and behold, in Soul Wars, there was a gargant saint that was buried as one of the things that was protecting the city. Oh. In, like, Lethus? No, not in Lethus. In um, Glimmsforge. In Glimmsforge. Right, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. One of the walls was defended by the bones of a giant. So, a it wasn't just saint. here. But in that one, um, one of the, there was two Gargans wearing armor. One got crushed. Uh-huh. And then uh, <laughs> Sigmar came in, hit him with Galmaraz, knocked it out for a second, and then they... Closed it in and it sucked the other, you know, like sucked the gargant in with it. So a little, a few sacrifices. Oh, yeah. yeah. You get if you if you're gonna sacrifice a few gargants if you're gonna make an omelet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that I don't. I don't want. Do I have to eat if that gonna, omelet? I don't want that. I, I don't think that would fry up really well. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I don't mean to yuck your yums, but. <laughs> or yolk. Them. Are you throwing yolk on his face? That sounds yucky. She's right. opening it up. So we yeah, cracking this egg. And who <laughs> shows up to come confront back. her? Uh, I mean, finally, the the Celestin Prime. Right, he was. Bi- I mean, he was busy. Optimus give him, Prime. Give him a second. Like he had to clear out the storm. Stormkeep was maybe no, probably not more important, but still, no. uh, it's just where he came first. Um, so he comes rolling up uh, and chases her down basically because she's sort of within the tunnels of this um, storm vault, and they go toe to toe. They, mm-hmm. uh, as I'm so prone to say they 1v1 each other yeah um and it's a mighty battle that lasts like a paragraph a little grief relief sure um oh god i wish i had some grief relief right Mm. now um 
so they're they're going toe to toe. They're clashing their weapons. Like she's got the staff of midnight, um, and but seems to like hold its own against Galmaraz. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she's a she cheats. She's a cheater, and she calls in one of her other like handmaidens, and they have this fancy hourglass full of um, the Shaishin realm stone, um, gravesand, uh, and they smash it, and his like armor, like his being the Celestine Prime's uh, armor, just crumples in on itself. It rusts, and like dude. Straight up dies, like he's dead, yeah. like he's gone. Yeah. Like I mean, he reforges, but yeah. like, boom. She gave him grief. Yeah. Have we? And then killed the Celestine Prime. I, I don't think we have. I don't. I haven't read a lot of the early Realmgate stories, war stuff, yeah. but I don't think so. I think this is number one. Um, oof. I'll say I wouldn't have thought like Olinda I mean, would have been the one to do it. She's low key tough. Right? Yeah, I guess. Sure. She's not Archeon, but mm-hmm. she gets the job done. Right? Yeah, I thought maybe you'd go toe-to-toe with Arcane, but probably not. Do you mind if I read the the part here? Never. As the first forged angel's form broke apart into forking bolts of lightning, it spared one last horrified look at the onyx orb above. In a blinding explosion of green light, the prison burst open, scattering clouds of swirling geists and sending sacrosanct warriors sprawling across the cold stones. And the artwork for this encounter is amazing, right? Though I'm distracted by it when you said forking bolts of lightning. I know, I was, is this I, a good place like reference? Like, ah, oh, fork. I was like, no, I was thinking that that's that was one of the first swears in the in the Soul Wars. Oh, the new God. swears for this time age is fork and bolt. Yeah, uh, and that's it. Like that's literally the last sentence of the story. Done and done. So, so what does it mean that when he gets reforged, it's forked lightning and not single bolts of lightning? This I don't, is a I don't, thing. I don't no, think. It's I, don't, no. I think you're reading into that. No. <laughs> lightning always forks. Sure. Unless you're saying is that it hit two different places? If there was more than one soul. If the Celestet Prime is more than one soul. I mean, he re- he gathered the Greyfeard leader into his hammer. Okay. There are more than one I soul. Understand, oh, I, I understand what you're saying. So I still don't think, that, I don't think it's anything. <laughs> that, seems, there. that could be more something like Torgalug uh, turning into Tornus, where if he's capturing somebody and reforging them, you know, that could be a thing. Sure. I'd, but... I would like to think they could put that much thought in their choices of words. I don't think they did. Yeah. It's just forking light, lightning. Forks. <laughs> forking lightning. <laughs> Paul, it's just forking lightning. <laughs> if I, honestly, if I keep saying it, I'm going to slip up and I'm going to swear. Um, so I got to stop. Uh, so, so she, I mean, what's unsaid is that she's victorious in this space. Mm-hmm. She might have more battle to fight or whatever, and she might get chased out. But uh, for all... All we know, she's been victorious. She's opened this vault, and whatever's inside, the previous follower of Nagash, Nagash mm-hmm. um, is is now free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's that? Who did? Who did? That's what we should have done. We should have pre- preemptively thought of who our predictions were going to be. Oh, we can do that now, though. We can preemptively um, do that now. You know, there's well. Can we talk about the options, right? Like that we yeah, might know of. That's what we're talking about. Right, so <laughs> predictions options. I mean, former Mortarks that we could say is you know, Krell is Mort- one of the Mortarks. Yeah, but do you think like he's a shadowy creature that looks like that picture in the book? Well, in the so, mortal realms, anybody could be anything, and he's a necromancer. Yes. So in the in the book, the picture has almost um, a feline look to it, with you know, kind of a short nose. It's not a skeletal look. Um, I thought it was more of like a demon, almost type like looking. a third eye. Uh, and some, you know, writings, almost as as right writings on his uh, forehead, uh, but is is monstrous, is like bigger than a giant. It's more, you know, um, bigger than any model that's on the table. So mm-hmm. in this in this regard, 
um, so, you know, I, I would say it's probably some sort of, um, Shyashian magic beast, like a, uh, you know, some, some elemental form. Uh, it, it kind of described, uh, tentacles in some cases but I, th- I feel like that gets overused or over described in a lot of this this writing um so it could just been shadowy sure. stuff you know or whatever but i'm ambivalent in tor- terms of like what i want it to be which is to say between whether i want it to be a previous character or a new character like i don't really know how i fall on that but i think chances are it's probably something new like people want it to be someone we know my mm-hmm. money's on it's probably something new but um, I'm happy to be wrong. Like, that's in fair. the in the end times, there was like a couple of Mortarks that were never named. In fact, there mm-hmm. was one that was called the Nameless, right? Right. Yep, yeah. the so. Nameless one. There's also the first vampire as well. He was uh, the basically the inspiration for the Flesh Eater Courts. The first vampire was this like oh. feral, tainted like There's all sorts being. of people who are listening who know well, that or yelling at this. Yeah, their, exactly. But he was basically this monstrous incarnation of what it meant sure. to be death yeah. all right well maybe yeah so because he looks like he could be like a like a not a vampire per se but like a feral like monster version of a vampire well, yeah. it, like to me, there are no fangs yeah on this guy he looks like a demon prince can you see his teeth yes you can see oh, the top okay then touche the top of the jaw not a vampire um i mean i yeah this I is mean, very good radio yep so i mean I, I i think so i would love it to be some sort of um construct Mm. i would love it to be i mean there's kind of the carvings on the head reminds me reminded me of like a statuesque type thing um i know it's i mean when it was trapped away it's the thing it's a thing of magic but i like that kind of idea that magic solidifies and then and what kind of like um the wardroth beetle of valerial where it's solid and then moats and then solid there was way back when in white dwarf there was a tomb king character um, which this is just incidental. He, he doesn't. He's not defined by his tomb kingness, but he was a tomb king lich priest who gained power by binding himself into constructs. And so there was a narrative set of rules for him to be bound into a bone giant, and then he could lead other bone giants, and bone giants became like a special choice in his army, etc. So like, that's definitely, quite possible. Definitely like, not him. Um, no, not at all. But <laughs> just joking. Um, th- there's that rumor that like one of the newer death battle tomes is going to be a, a soul blight. I think it would be really cool to take a new direction with soul blight. I mean, even the the term soul blight is different than vampire. Mm-hmm. Is different than you know blood sucking, um, and even you know nephrata and and um, some of the others. Like there's a more of a sense of like. Um, even more like the thralls of of the Ideneth, where mm. there's a lack of something that they need to replenish sure. or such. Um, I like the idea of soul blight being something other than vampires, mm. you know, or, or just, something more. I think it's it's always going to have some uh, some component, right? But. but I mean, it is something where I am leeching from you know somebody else creating something a thrall of or you know my um, you know something that serves me or whatever. It's it to me, vampire could be more uh, or, or soul blight. The the vampire side of it could be more about like how they act, their their social structure, sure. their you know staying in the shadows, um, 
being vindictive, living for you know more immortality kind mm-hmm. of thing. Their soul blightness can be more than just like the, what they're pigeonholed yep. into. So, so not having fangs mm-hmm. would not be a big deal. Sure, and it's and it's one of those things that like the range is so small right now that if we were to go the route of having a sh- yeah. soul blight battle, you would have to expand on it. You'd have to add more to there's, it because there's not enough out there to like. Yeah, there's fill literally a book. Yeah. there's literally you know the vampire on zombie dragon, blood knights. Uh, that, but those are not, they would not continue because oh, no. those are or fine cast, fine cast yeah. right? There's the 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 thing that doubles with the um. Yep, the terrorgeists well, or no, not I'm, the terrorgeists? Sorry, the vargeists. Well, there's that, but I'm thinking the um the 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 oh, chariot the, giant yeah, yeah, like goes yeah. the chariot. There's the, the double for that, the yep. blood coven or something yep. like that. Coven throne. Coven throne. That's what it is. Um, so not not much, right? Nope. So if if they wanted to add more to it, I reckon they would expand on the on the concept. Yeah. So I think yeah, there's a way you could go there for sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um. Oh man, mini scrying phase. Hey. So yeah, I mean, I think the nice thing is even with this image, the end result could be anything, mm-hmm. right? Like this image does not necessarily. This could be like, hey, we just there's a cool monster and we made that. Um, and then later on we'll figure out what it turns into after the magic dissipates and it takes its old form or whatever. Like there's, I don't think they are beholden to whatever this image is unless, you know, they, they may have it all figured out. Sure. This image, like anything, maybe you're sort of alluding to, like this image could be just the soul of the thing that then gets shrunk back down into whatever it's like real life form is. Well, the other thing is that there's not necessarily a model for this, right? This might be the narrative hook going forward. Sure. But this could just be a representation of an idea. Yeah. Like, well, there's no God Beast models, right? Mm-hmm. And the God Beast get featured yep, that's all right. the time. So. If there's no model, the artist is given a little bit more leeway to just draw something yep. cool and epic. And that looks pretty freaking cool and epic. Both yep. cool and epic. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about the ramifications to Sigmar and his pseudo pantheon that he has, has now. So Sigmar lost. Like, he did not accomplish what he set out to, which is to, to defend this uh, Storm Vault. Um, so as he's stewing over his, and plus his Celestin Prime also like got got um, as well. So he's stewing over this defeat, and who should come knocking on his door? Uh, but his best friend in the whole world, Teclas, who's not necessarily there to gloat, but guys, he's kind of there to gloat. He's kind of there to gloat. Yeah. Well, I don't think he. I mean, gloat is like, uh, you know, like is just the tone that becomes is a part of his talking. Yeah, sure. Like, gloating is just part of. But talking. like, it's like, dude. You just lost. Maybe I should give you some time. No, I'm gonna come and talk to you. But like, I'm hey, go, dude, I'm poke I know bear. what you did. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> he knows, right? He knows what happened, and he's like, yeah, right now, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna come and taunt you right sure. now. And he's like, look, and here's the deal. I know you're gonna try and start like a war. Uh, I'm not necessarily gonna help you with that. I'm, yeah. not, even, I'm not gonna send my forces along to like yeah. just get demolished. Um, mm-hmm. You're on, you're on your own, basically. Yeah. Um, and and so Sigmar. Uh, takes i guess that advice to heart and says all right fine if you're not going to help me i'll do it on my own and he calls his equivalent of calling his banners um says all right like we're we're gonna go after it then um and so he gets ready for this next phase of this this grand war i mean was he ever really looking to techless to help out after like a millennium of like not helping out probably not though i techless does make the like the comment like oh i I bet you want to use my like my golden boys which is funny because sigmar's guys are often golden boys um he's like nah like now's not the time like maybe later but not not are the golden boys like the golden girls only the boys yeah absolutely which Uh, one is mod like like geriatric uh You know, adventurers oh, that's, with a with a very specific perspective. I on knew life. what I said. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, 
just mansplain the Golden Girls because that's what I feel like just happened. Is it mansplain? No, it's it's mansplain the Golden Boys. Yeah. Golden Boys. Um, <laughs> but basically, so it, the the you know the cliffhanger here is he he calls his his folks to like to war, like he calls a war council. So like, ostensibly that's the next thing, right? Like that's yeah. what what's coming is is this next well, phase of the war. I mean, there's an obvious right, like he's calling all of his banners. Open another chamber. Sure. Right? Like, I mean, like, if you call all your banners, you've already done everything you can, right? Like, it it very much feels like that's what's going to be happening going forward to me. Aren't they in in war? Yeah, I mean, it's endless war. Like, Like, yeah, I mean, it's... So, I mean, the the repercussions are certainly, like, all of these things are concentrated now. Hmm. Right? So, there's, like, these pockets where you can go and, like, get a bunch of really good stuff and, and... um, power can escalate, or like power in a space could escalate really quickly. Somebody could, like a, a, a Barak comes in and finds a certain vault and changes their dynamic, right? Between the other um, mm-hmm. uh, Baraks, right? So there's some danger of like, even in order, there being some power dynamics that shift mm-hmm. like crazy. Um, chaos, similarly, there's going to be, there could, like, when we talked to the parallels of nuclear war, mm-hmm. there could be bigger, like, no, nuclear war in the realms is, I mean, the necroquake happened. Nothing's going to be as big as the necroquake. Whoa. Uh, like GW here, you say that. Yeah. <laughs> you just try and do another necroquake. Yeah. But I mean, like, again, if something blows up like a whole corner of a realm, like there's 17 uh-huh. other corners of the realm. Um, but what shape could, is that? Uh, it's a rhombusoidal <laughs> diagonal. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> is a non-regular, um, and it, but we're here like all the time. Uh, Pretty regular. Um, uh, so like, so like, you're gonna you could have these big sweeping battles where something just comes in and destroys whole like lodges. Right, this lodge gets wiped out. That stormhouse. Why'd gets you wiped point out. to my office when you said that? I mean, that, that right there. I'm just gonna wipe that shelf of books out. Um, but don't. That's a lot. <laughs> They're out of print. Yeah. So I think I mean the the, the having these uh, these big uh, items um, just just means there could be just some pretty epic things that happen back and forth and a lot more ebb and flow in, mm. in the tides of battle. Well, and this is very much the the epitome of kicking the can down the road, right? I I couldn't really figure out what to do with these things. I'll just go bind them in a prison. Mm. And so Lethis, right? The midnight tomb has been broken. The entity within has escaped. But even in the, and before we even got to Lethus, the bitter blood caverns, right? That god beast, the worms, those have already escaped, right? Like, there are now these ticking time bombs all over the realms where anything can release anything. And one of the big points about this story, right? Like, number one, Sigmar lost. And he didn't lose slightly, he lost terribly, right? He sent everything he had. And he doesn't have any more, right? What One you, of the big points that? of the plot was that they were like, hey, Sigmar, the realm gate's open. Send us a chamber. And Sigmar was like, don't have one. I'm already fighting everywhere. I don't have anything to spare. I'll send you the prime because that's all I can send. Yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, like he lost the battle. Uh-huh. Um, but I think the, the other things that are on his side are that he, he remembers where they all are. Like he's got to rem- like mm-hmm. he knows where the most important ones are probably he has that strategic advantage um, yeah. and at the very least he could probably if let's say half of them have been discovered by uh, not chaos mm-hmm. and not death 
there's probably a good chance that he can, you know, like salvage a good portion of them. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's sure. still a lot of stuff. As long like, as they're not in like his enemy's hands. Like, yeah. sure, they're not in my hands, but at least they're not in the people. Well, like you said, Gordrak went into the, you know, the, the crawling, um, Pits, tomb, found, yeah. found the skull, put it on a battering ram and is now, you know, like going to go, I mean, he could, now he could take out the ma- mausoleum. They're the great, uh, a necropolis or whatever mm. um mm-hmm. all on his own now too true too true yeah it's just it, the balance of power now can shift from anywhere to anywhere at a moment's notice these storm vaults dear, right? li- dear listener the power is no now in your hands yes um it was once forbidden but now it's mm-hmm. available to everyone yeah on the battlefield yeah. um it's really cool all right let's get to some uh listener questions um Scrubby and Wells uh, wants to know about Teclas. Hi, uh, Tyler. And he wants to dedicate this question to uh, Alex Gonzalez. Um, oh, man. Oh, I just, what, can, I, can I dedicate it to Chuck, too? Uh, no. Oh. That's not what he asked, so I got to dedicate um, it to oh. Alex G. I mean, can we, can we bring back the feeling of like dedicating a song on the radio to uh, somebody else who's listening <laughs> to the same radio station? I mean, I would let's love bring that back. I would love if we so did that, yeah. So let's, let's make that a thing. When you ask questions, dedicate it to somebody in the community. <laughs> So, All right, can, Delilah. so in this case, uh, Alex Gonzalez, he's shouting out to you from uh, from Tyler. Here's the question. Here's the question. Uh, he just wants to know about Teclas. Um, oh. So uh, Teclas, honestly, I mean, he's an aloof jerk uh, and has no social skills. So there's that. Um, but no and I don't even know that he came from a good place by giving the Enlightenment engine. So, you know, I don't know that he comes out uh, out of this whole situation clean. Like, he thinks he does, but I don't know that the rest of us thinks he does. So there's, cer- there's certainly an aspect of, like, if uh, backhanded compliment aside, like, if I can make my allies a bit better, that makes it better for all of us, right? So I do think that there's an element of the gift, regardless of, you know, his attitude, that could have been really good for everybody on the in the allies in the Pantheon to be like, okay... Let's all elevate our. It's like you know, it's it's um, sharing technology, mm-hmm. right? You know, we you know, the, if we can all build better ships, we can build. You know, we'll, we'll do this together. Um, but you know, he says you know, and and Teclas is a, is a is a book nerd, right? He's mm-hmm. an academic. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a wizard. But then Sigmar is using. Um, so Sigmar is um, is using that as a blunt instrument instead of uh, sharpening, you know the his pantheon right there is a take there where i think teclas was doing something that could have helped the pantheon and sigmar was super selfish about it sure counterpoint all teclas's fault keep, <laughs> keep that nonsense to yourself nerd well like counterpoint right like penumbral engines require the soul or the soul stuff of something to power them right did enlightenment engines require soul stuff as well no why not we don't know. Like no, this it, is the thing. No, it tells you uh, that it, as it gave, it also took, uh, and it was a self-perpetuating. It was. It was like. Uh, it was like. Uh, renewable energy, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But what was it taking? What well, was it everything. taking from Sigmar civilization? There is a question here, right? Like he's so like, you're I'm going to give you this good thing. But he wasn't actually actively... He didn't have a ton of elves to actively campaign. We don't hear about Teclas actually campaigning with Sigmar. We just hear about the Pantheon. So none of the gifts that have been given in the Age of Myth 
were given without some price being paid. Sure, but are you saying that the that these Enlightenment engines stole things? We don't know. Well, I mean, Teclas would not care for a human soul. But he could care for something else. It's not necessarily a soul. It might be knowledge. It might be energy, right? So it could, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it certainly could be like, like GPS nodes or like, um, trying to think of an analogy now where things that's like a, like a, a smart, uh, a smart speaker oh, wait where a it minute. like listens, right? What if, <laughs> all right, what if enlightenment engines were Teclis's attempt to steal souls for the deep kin before they turned on him? All right, uh, Dr. Hank at, at Trim Hank <laughs> wants us to name uh, one thing that Teclis has done that hasn't backfired. And personally, I don't know that that thing exists. Uh, He's got golden boys. He's he was born. Boys. He was born. Yeah, and that really turned and, out pretty poorly for everyone. And Tyrion was born, too, so that didn't really backfire. Mm. Yeah, Tyrion's I mean, blind now, so... Um, <laughs> Like, thanks brother yeah uh hank i don't think that there's a i don't think there's a good answer to that question um nothing he also wants to know more about the clockwork automatons i don't know that it really goes into the clockwork automatons otherwise uh, other than um they're just sort of a defensive mechanism for some of these storm bolts yeah. like the one yeah. i talked about well, um but they, the fact that they keep getting brought up mm-hmm. makes me think that like ooh, like that they might like end up being a real thing well down the line for example they were brought up in Shadespire, right mm-hmm. they talk about these automatons they talk about these vaults with traps with treasures inside of them sure. right which was one of the things that happened in Shadespire, mm-hmm. right and so this is the thing we do have these eternal guardians um these arcane constructs when we were in azir i think in soul wars there was a bunch of like clockwork like town towns there mm-hmm. too um well there's tons of i mean like again uh the clockwork cities and sure. and cogforts cogforts yeah. and stuff yeah. like this there's so much of this stuff. It feels like in in the next five years we have to have I was something saying, like it that. It has to get, like come to fruition in, so, in yeah. some way. Um, um, the other thing we see it in terms of in um, Hamilcar, Hamilcar, no. um, we come up Clock. against Skaven that have a clockwork. Um, oh yeah, you know, um, storm vermin basically sure. that operate kind of like wind up toys and have a set kind of uh, whirling dance and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that technology exists true, all true. over the the lore. Um, Dylan at Dylan KW wants to know who dedicated worked, to dedicated to you, uh, Eric. Wants to know who worships Louch on the Soul Seeker and what would a custom faction of his followers look like? I don't think we we're really talking. He, so he used to be like a fragment of a god or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, he's a ferryman. Sure, no, but like I think they mentioned that he was like a, a he, yeah, he is currently now a fraction of a god that used to exist, but yes, he's very uh. What is it? Ch- Charon? Uh, from Charon. Yeah. Charon. yeah um, He's the CEO of Uber. Sure. Sure. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, so what would an army, like maybe we would have a, a race or an army of like skeleton Greeks as opposed to skeleton mm. Egyptians, which were the Tombkins, right? Like, yeah. honestly, those would probably look kind of similar now that I think about it. But, um, you know, a, a Greek themed, um, yeah, a skeleton army is what I would think in terms of a, a faction mm-hmm. that would follow him. That'd be so Jason and the Argonauts would love it. Like the old, like stop, uh, claymation. Yeah. And so like, mm-hmm. that'd be amazing. Like to well, play homage to that. I could also see it being some kind of a, like ogre pre being chased by the eternal winter, right? Like just constantly moving, constantly ferrying things from one place to another. Right, like that being the afterlife that they mm-hmm. chose, 
Uh, bone truckers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's fair. Fairing. No, I do like. The, I mean, they are huge. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't. I haven't opened. Or I haven't taken a look at mine next to an ogre. If they're the same size. The as an ogre. the the skeleton doesn't quite match. Okay. Um. So, but. Yeah, it, it is an interesting. Um, so I don't. I, I mean, I don't know it, because it's what the afterlife is. It's not necessarily what the the life was of that thing. It's just that was the afterlife that they thought that they deserved. Mm. And if we can extrapolate from he steals a soul to take a soul somewhere, right? Like, I mean, they could have been, they could have been the realm seekers, the realm wanderers, mm-hmm. right? Those people mm-hmm. who, in the age of myth went through the realm gates, went and understood all these things. That wouldn't be as terrible. Yeah. Sure, you sure. know, idea. Um, Alex uh, Palameni at Old Stonebeard. What? Are you guys brothers? Stone mm. Monk Gamer? Mm. Um, wants to know how we feel about this as a next and presumably final chapter of Soul Wars. Uh, is this a new evolution of a Realm Gate Wars type saga? Um, let's tie this in to your answer to this question as, as well as like a, a review or what you thought of the book as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'll jump into it. First of all, I don't know that I would presume that this is the final chapter of the Soul Wars. I think this had a very clear, mm, maybe not cliffhanger, but like continuation that it wanted to continue. So maybe it's not part of like the Soul Wars. Like it, it made something so important and then did not answer it completely that mm-hmm. it seems like there's something left to say. Sure, which I wouldn't guarantee they're going to say something about mm-hmm. it because this is GW. So who the heck knows what they're going to do? Well, yeah, I mean, Lady Orlander could like smuggle this thing back to someplace else and we don't hear about it for a couple of years yeah exactly so who knows but I, I don't i wouldn't i don't think it's a given to say that it's a final chapter um no how do we feel is this in the next presumably final chapter i do feel a little bit let down that i don't know what's inside that vault um i wish i would have gotten to some gotcha conclusion. yeah it got me real good gotcha. dubs honestly i would have bought it regardless so it had no bearing yeah. on that um so i do feel a little let down i see it seemed like a way to really just sell a box of um, i think to me, it it's a layer of Age of Sigmar um, that a these the I, the concept of the storm vaults um, brings takes you know uh, a fantasy trope and blows it up in the dungeon mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the dungeon crawl type of thing. That's actually how I solve all my dungeons is I blow them up. Yep, uh, <laughs> fireball. Um, so there's there's a in carving out a space in our you know fantasy games toys whatever they've certainly created this thing that's uniquely they're miniatures eric not toys <laughs> they they created something that's uniquely age of sigmar a age of sigmar take on something a trope um it's for me he's created a, a space to think about i mean like we think about the gibbering dome like of course there's a stone storm vault there mm-hmm. right um when you think about um like there's just uh, when we think about Age of Sigmar roleplay, we're like, of course we're going to go through into a storm vault at some point. Mm-hmm. The same way you're thinking, of course we're going to go through a realm gate at some point. The same time where you're thinking, of course we're going to go to the crawling city at some point. Like there's so many things that become iconic and like this is to me it's an instant like essential slash classic mm-hmm. of Age of Sigmar now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's done. I think it's done really well in terms of how it fits. Um, and at at first, as I was like starting to get into this i was like well why didn't why didn't he use one of these things to like end end the age of chaos like why didn't he rip something open sooner and i think the penumbral engines do a good job of just explaining like he just forgot about them mm-hmm. like they were erased like yeah so there i feel like there's enough like corners 
tacked up or whatever. Like it's, it has enough holding it up that I, I'm, it's fun. Sure. You know how uh, in a fantasy where they would come out with new units and people would complain like, well, why didn't they always have demigriffs? Like, what? Why did they just show up? Well, I like how they're going to have to continually get real creative with the moral realms and come up with reasons why something didn't always exist. And so, like, penumbral engines is an example of like, Mm -hmm. man, how do we explain this away? Uh, Engines that made you forget about them. Like, what's the next thing that like excuses? Well, and that was one of the other masking a whole bunch of things. Is when they mentioned that they were like, not only are the penumbral engines hiding storm vaults they're hiding other things too mm-hmm. right like they're hiding races they're hiding people like sure people knew about these before yeah. <laughs> before now so um i'm wondering if the the entity that was in the storm vault is the way that death is going to be able to steal souls now because death doesn't you actually steal souls yet they're the the they, loser they have in to this wait war, right they- they're last in line currently. <laughs> exactly. So what if this is an offensive being that can now go out and steal souls for death? Mm. Sure. That would be a super interesting way of Which moving the be an angle soul wars forward. The, like a new soul blight thing. Is yeah. Exactly. Stealing souls back. Mm. Oh. Man, I like that as an idea, so, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but as far as the book is concerned and the, the box set, like I think it's amazing because it really embodies to me. I think they in this box set they've gotten the idea of this is the the way to do three ways to play, yeah. right? Because okay. for open play, they've added storm vaults, right? They have miniatures for it. They have terrain. They have all this stuff to make your battlefields look cooler, to just have things to look cool on the table, to give you things to fight over. Narratively, they have just opened up every place in the realms to be someplace where an epic thing can happen and epic things can be waiting for you, mm. right? And from a match play perspective giving these different spells that allow so much movement they've really changed around the way that the meta is based on this specific thing or that specific thing so some people have more tools some people have less tools but everybody can now have a tool to allow them to move their armies across the board right and so with this one box set they've actually changed all three ways to play yeah which and i think is a good call for an expansion mm-hmm. to have something for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I th- do you feel like, uh, Aaron, that as a, you know, as a collector or as, as like, um, in the lore that they've given us enough here for, like, it's not solars where they've, I, I like the question in terms of, it's not like it's still in soul wars, like soul wars set off a new kind of chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, forbidden power kind of is like, all right, here's a new element or here's a new, um, thing to just like pour your head into for a while in terms of like where possibilities are. Does that do enough for you? And you you guys, you're winning me over actually. And if you were to take it very little, like literally, like what does an expansion do? That's what it did. It it expanded the the game. Um, but we didn't really even talk about like the, the mercenary rules that I think, are they, mm-hmm. I don't know if it has something to do with mm-hmm. also what was in the, the GHB as well, but oh, like mm-hmm. that whole component to it. But well, like, or it, the artifacts too. Yeah, also true. Um, but like, it very much is an expansion, even from the lore perspective, in that it's not a yeah. fundamental core product, but it's an expansion of what was already came, what, yeah. what had come out before. And if you look at it from that perspective, it does make me feel better about it. And it it's previewing. So the GHB coming out, you know, now just a month later. Uh, or a few weeks later, has even more of these uh, mercenaries that you know groups you can take and how you can take them. And and for me, I mean, 
I was already just in my lore, like coming up with ways. Like, why wouldn't, um, why wouldn't my you know sky elves and um, some some pirate dwarves and some uh, man eater ogres? Why wouldn't they sometimes work together? Um, and this gives me all those options to mm-hmm. to put them on the table mm-hmm. without. I guess I don't mind asking permission. I've never had issue asking permission or getting permission. Oh, we know. Um, I, you know, it's, it's better. Sometimes I prefer that than asking forgiveness personally, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, in this case, it's just kind of like, yeah, I can, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. have to wonder if I get to put, put the, put things on the table. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, and Vince and Tom likes to talk about a gold faction, right? Mm-hmm. Like a faction that can be in any or more than one Alliance, right? We didn't get a faction, but we got mercenary companies that are gold factions. They can go in any army. You can use them for any reason. Like, I mean, and that's super cool because it is fulfilling something that people do really want to do, right? If you want to add a narratively, if you want to add a fish to your courts, great. If you think they add a lot of balance to your army, great. There's a trade-off, but like, you can do that now, yeah. right? And it also narratively provides a really cool way of theming those armies together, right? Like, if you and, had a free people army and then the flesh eater courts that think that they're also these knightly order, like yeah. you know, it's a ton of stuff. Yeah, and now you have accidentally you got two armies and they're going to build those out. Oh shucks, they got that, me. That's so weird. <laughs> so weird how that happened. Got me again, G Dubs. I like. I mean, that was my one of my favorite seasons in terms of uh, other games where, um, like, uh, Armageddon um, uh, for for 40k when that came out. It was like, oh, I can just buy a few boxes of this and have some fun. Like mm-hmm. it's it's just one of those things that gives you permission mm-hmm. to yeah. buy something that you've wanted to and not feel like you're committing to a whole army, right? So that's always cool for me. Too true. So that sounds sounds like we're pretty positive on this guy. Um, any other final thoughts, parting gifts to our dear listeners? Um, I think there's a ton that is going to be revealed based on this, right? Mm-hmm. Like. The Necroquake didn't necessarily feel like there was a ton happening that felt like a big plot point. And it was a cool narrative buildup and a cool narrative exploration. And then we got Malign Sorcery out of it, which kind of, the Necroquake kind of felt like it provided a match play reason for having Malign Sorcery. Mm -hmm. But like I said, this seems to tie it all back in together to move everything forward from here, right? Number one, the fact that we have actual mix and match AOS terrain is awesome, right? And it's not specifically in the book, but it's introduced and expanded upon in this background. And that's just super cool. Uh, one of the other things is that they have this idea of kind of the shifting objective where you have to light uh, the torches and stuff like that. So, it, it, yeah, I think it's successful in changing the way you look at the game, but giving you the tools to play the game in a different way as well. I think as they're mapping and defining the realm gate or the the mortal realms, which were previously like the unknown could be anything, I think as they map it and define, the storm vaults become the new like could be anything. Discoverable. Yeah. And and again, it's my, one of my favorite parts about AOS is that there's there's um, if you're going to start coloring in some spaces, you need to create some more lines that aren't colored in so that other people can color them in. So this is to me, it's it's creative freedom. So cool, cool, cool. I think that will do it. Let's call it a day. Uh, but it's nighttime. Uh, Let's call it a night. Okay. Then it's time for our reforging. But Sigmar willing, we'll be back soon 
like, subscribe, share, or leave a review. Anything you can do will spread the word of Sigmar farther than we can on our own. Chat with us anytime about your thoughts on Twitter at The Mortal Realms. Where can we find you guys? Yeah, and you can find me at Dos Asos. You can find me at PJ Shard. And you can find me at Stone Monk Gamer. You can listen to more episodes of the story phase, campaign phase, scrying phase, and what the hex, as well as hobby content at www.themortalrealms.com. The only wing I'm concerned about is the chicken wing. We already did our intros. God damn it. But, oh God, I had an additional thought about him and the guy. Nope, I lost it. It's gone forever. Sorry. That's getting cut, too. Uh, penumbral engine. Penumbral engine. Man. You, oh, you forgot to turn it off. Get it, get Go, it out of here. Yeah, turn that off. Turn it off.